the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Joey motherfucking Diaz, fresh off the road, killing them in D.C., taking it nationwide. Joey Diaz, no longer stationary, constantly on the move now. Got no choice, brother. You're on the move, dog. Got no choice. And then this week we're going to Milwaukee, and I'm fucking this excited. I'm going to get some good spaghetti. Yeah. A good Italian neighborhood over there. Joe, you're killing them out there, man. You're killing them. We're trying, brother. You know, you're this, this, this was the plan 12 years ago. And finally, you know, it ain't no. Listen, man, when you, you're there and you put the work in, it becomes easy, and you're enjoying it. Yeah, you're you definitely. You can't wait to fucking stay home. You can't wait to go out and try that new joke anymore, that new yeah. delivery. You know, you're a black belt in comedy. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do now, yeah. Very fun, you know. uh, It's funny because I went from the two fucking tremendous shows we did in Boston, which... Those were amazing. Listen, man, (laughs) you don't ever want to bomb in Boston. No. For me, that's the end of everything. That's Aerosmith, that's that's (laughs) Dane Cook, that's a lot of fun, Lenny Clark. There's so much tradition. I remember the first time I played Andover. To me, I went to the store that, like, uh, all those guys from Boston, what was the, the Taekwondo guy that also had sleep apnea? All your little Leroy, from Leroy Boston. Rodriguez? No, no, no. The comedian's from Boston. He had long hair, and he'd play a character. Oh, yeah. God damn it, man. Those guys he got had a, me a into vampire. clubs. What the fuck is his name? Oh, my God. Oh, it's going to kill me. me. I'm sorry, He was a great dog. guy. Yeah, they were all your buddies. Oh, yeah. And they were like, dog, you ever play Boston? I'm like, nah. They're like, we'll get you in there. So they got me into the Comedy Connection on Mondays, the open mic with uh, the kid who died, Kevin Fitzgerald, or whatever his name was. You know, that's Kevin Fitzgerald's in Denver. Kevin... He was friends with our friend McGuire, a mutual buddy. He died of cancer. Oh, Hope Kevin Knox, yeah. Kevin Knox on Mondays. Yeah. They introduced me to him. So I became a part of this thing. I would do Andover, the Aku Aku, and I was never good enough to play Boston. I would get to do the connection on Monday nights. And that's like having a fucking stripe in comedy when you get to play Boston and they accept you into that community. Yeah. So I knew before I went to Boston, that week I did as many sets as I could to tighten my shit up. We didn't go to Boston unprepared. It was me, you, and Ari. You know, I mean, it was just a fucking perfect night. It was funny how the next day I had to go to a summer jam up in San Jose with Russell Peters, who was a pleasure to fucking see, and Angela Johnson and all those guys. And I didn't really get across. I was I was burnt out from the Boston shows. Like, I put all the energy I had to those two fucking shows at the Wilbur Theater, which was great. It was a great thing that I left, and Channel Sun and One and Fox One fucking sports, the whole thing, but what are you do? The dude's name was Dom, wasn't it? Hit me. What was his last name? God damn it. It's driving me crazy. Dominic, he just hit me up and you up about sleep apnea. He wanted to go take a test about a year ago. I can't believe I can't remember his name. I ran out of room. Great. I ran out of room yeah, for yeah, names, yeah, Joey. No, it's, it's no disrespect. No, People don't understand that. Like, and the attorney that was the... the, the, the Dominic Fig. Dominic Fig. What, Dominic was, Fig. what was the nice gay kid? Thank that, you. That, I was so worried I was going to not remember his what name. What was the nice gay kid that went to Chris McGuire's house to eat dinner and your name came up? And there was two gay guys at the table, and they go, he doesn't like Joe Rogan. He goes, why not? And he goes, he called Princess Diana a cunt. And they all, <laughs> and they all went, oh. <laughs> They all went, oh, my God, it was horrible. That's uh, hilarious. Those were great times, and those guys from Boston took me, and they would take me up there. So then I went to San Jose. Then I went to D.C., and that was really the first time I used to do, like, headliners in Tyson's Corner for years. I used to fly into Dulles. This is the first time I was in the city, and it was an experience because I tell you what, if I would have gone five years ago, guys, I would have bombed this weekend. Really? Yes. Why do you say that? Because I learned how to control more. 
You know, you learn and comp. You know, it's so funny how we put ourselves out there where you never did. I didn't have a choice. They would tell me, ask me to headline, and I would go up there with stupid fucking jokes. And you would headline, and you'd have the time, but you really, you weren't really a headliner. And it's true. When people start to come to see you, it makes you work a little harder. Like every time you see them, you want to have new material or a new flow to you. So I had never been there, and I, and I sharpened up this week, and I went there, and I tell you, they were very politically correct. Yeah? The city of D.C., downtown, hey, man, it's the nation's fucking capital. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about weed under my nuts. And <laughs> you know, you can't do that, but they took the ride. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and as far as the club, the fucking D.C. improv is tits. The staff, the fucking, the, the Spanish bartenders, I mean, the whole fucking deal is just a, a great little club. I had the burrito one night. <laughs> uh, just the whole experience. The city of Washington, D.C., I had the best chicken teriyaki and white tuna I've had the last 20 fucking years. I've done uh, theaters there before um, like a couple different times, but uh, the, I had never did the improv before recently. I did it with Callan. Callan. Yeah, I just stopped Let's in. go back. Let's go back okay. to a week, three nights. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like a two what, Thursday. there? You want to go back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back. It's and a great place. We had a lot of good people there. Yeah. I went to a lot of places here where Dead Squad usually doesn't go. I'll tell you what place really blew my fucking mind. Who? They're ready to kill people. <laughs> Salt Lake City. <laughs> really? <laughs> the Mormons are ready, dog. They ain't fucking around. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. They're ready. They'll come down. No, I went to Lexington, the home of University in Kentucky. Great sun. I had a great summer going to these places that were oddball, but I wanted to see what was out there. Who wow. was listening to the fucking pop? People were driving six, seven hours. People driving six, I seven hours. I did that, uh, the Louisville place. Tremendous. With yeah, with Segura. No, with Duncan. Tremendous. Maybe I did it with Segura, too. Yeah, Segura, did too. Did I do it twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did one night and a weekend or something like I'm that. I'm going back to Nashville this year. I can't wait. Oh, Nashville's uh, great. Nashville's uh, great. Is Utah really that crazy? Like, is, I mean, like, are the, people the crazy out there? Yeah. No, I mean, like, the people out there. coming I'm thinking of doing... Oh, what you mean is, like, are they, like, crazy Mormon? Yeah, I mean, do they party there? Yeah, but that's Mormon. Joe, did you see this map? It's kind of like what you've talked about. It's uh, of all the porn searches that they just (laughs) released. Pornhub did it. And, of course, what you used to always say, the South, uh, Ebony, uh, it's all Ebony. But uh, Utah, blank, and somebody, uh, people are saying it's because child porn is the number one. What? Search. Well, Utah, Utah is blank. That's weird. It's like one of the few states where there's no downloads of porn. <laughs> right. Wow. Look at Maine. Look at look okay. at like Vermont. Yeah. Of they course. just gave up. Asian California. Uh, I don't know what Anita Queen is. Do you know what Anita Queen is? No. Never even heard I of that. I, what, what is this website that you're going to? Because... This is Gizmodo, and it's bo- based off uh, statistics given by Pornhub. Cream pie is Florida. Teen is Texas. Uh, What's that noise? You not hearing that? No. Here's some crazy feedback. Meow. Uh, cream pie was a lot more popular than imagined. <laughs> but uh, cream pie is like number one. Yeah, I think cream pie is probably number one, and teens probably. Well, number because two. people like to come into people. Yeah. Like cream like pie. No, it. like most pe- most of them are cream pies. Well, that's what people like. I think. Let me look at this. Yeah. Need to fuck it. I don't know what the map looks like. You know, like I, I heard that Al Franken can draw the map. Like you could get uh-huh. Al Franken up to a, a chalkboard and he could just draw the map for you. And I was kind of like sad because I was like, um, I can't. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah, I have no idea where. Like you're I'm looking at these things, okay? Because it's just cream pie, cream pie. They're like like listing uh-huh. Texas is teen, which is right. fucking creepy, man. <laughs> that shit's creepy. Ohio's milf cream pie. So I not just cream pie, it's old cream pie. Yeah, this Sour is a, milk. This is weird, man. It's weird how California's dominated by Asian. Look at that. Number one, Asian boom. Of course. 
ahead of the times. And the average visits. Well, I don't understand that. Do you get that? Average number of visits duration. Uh, oh. So the duration, the average for the people in California was like on the High darker end. end. Yeah, it's but like, not as dark as fucking like look at Georgia. Yeah. And it's teen. Yep. Ebony has the longest. So you can go into a store and say I want teen <laughs> porn and they'll sell it to you? Like yeah. two kids fucking like sixteen. No, it's like no, 18, no. they're 18 like eighteen to, or yeah. nineteen or something like oh, that, okay. and that's the idea. But you go into and get like Asian porn, like a white dude fucking a Chinese chick. Oh yeah, online you get that, you get that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just say it's like that's impossible. That's like so standard. There's it's weird how there's like standard like categories of porn. You know, like DP. Like that's a category. What's DP? D- double penetration. That's like normal. Well, we're like one's in the ass, one's in the vagina. It's so passe. It's so passe that it's a it's its own category. That's it's like disgusting. it's not just once, <laughs> not just a couple of crazy people got together. One listen, in her dude. ass and one in the vagina. Yeah, double Two penetration. Two dudes right in her yeah. asshole like that together. Giggling. Hey, listen, if you're a chick and you love dick, tell me that wouldn't be amazing. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. The, the problem is that it's on video and everyone's gonna know, but. But the reality, if you're a girl, if you like anal sex, I don't know if girls like it, but if you do like it, and then you like, I mean, it's, it varies. But if you do like it, and you like it in your box as well, I mean, take away society standards, and that would be, like, super awesome. If you had, like, Ashton Kutcher in your butt and Brad Whoa. Pitt in your box, I mean, if you were a gal, you'd be so happy. <laughs> but it would be like, you know, Ashton, get out of there. You're gobbling it all up. Save me some. Why would you want? That's not. What... Wouldn't you rather have Brad Pitt in there? Why you share it with Ashton? Well, because you're a freak <laughs> and you want it all. She has no limitations to her freakness. I, I have no idea what this Anita porn is. Like when it, when, I, when I Google it, like that once uh, state was uh, uh, Nevada. It's just Anita Queen is what the co- kind of porn is called. I can't figure out what it is. Anita Queen. What do you? What, it, I don't know. Understand a word of what you're saying. All right. What so, are you saying? so like, uh, see here this. Uh, Asian is California. Anita Queen is the the. Oh, that's the style of style of porn. Yeah, and when I look it up, what it looks hell? like it's like pageant porn or something. What? I don't know. Oh, that actually is interesting. <laughs> if that was a category of like, uh, you've won the pageant, I'll suck it, you yeah. dirty bitch. Like, yeah, you got the queen. You took down the number one gal. No, that's a weird thing, isn't it? That's weird. What's well, it's the categories are weird. Like that, some dudes like only jerk off to anal. They just like they can't wait to see some more butt porn. Yeah, put it where you're not supposed to. Woo! You know, like what the fuck, man? It's it's weird how that's actually like a category. Yeah, I find myself going into weird categories a lot l- lately, just to mix it up. Kind of like when you drink the same alcohol for so long, you're like, oh, I'm gonna try something different. I've been like black chicks getting fucked by w- big white guys. Is there a lot of that? Yeah, there's tons of that. So black chicks getting dominated by white guys with big dicks. Yeah, huge dicks. So it's like some like look at this black guy. Yeah, hey, in your <laughs> face, buddy. Yeah, look at my giant white pecker. And then have have them sprint to the girl. How about that? The first guy who gets there gets to fuck her. Be a bunch of white guys jacking off. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, black. Did guy you hear this? Dick. The sex industry's uh, closed down because of AIDS again. Yes, uh, I did and, hear about that. And the chick that 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 boner guy, uh, that chick that did a porn with Weiner, Anthony Weiner, who's a politician. Yeah, she uh, actually uh, did a movie yeah. with the guy that has the. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. She did a movie. Well, the guy was exposed to HIV. He had sex with the girl who had contacted HIV. Yeah. He had sex with her, but 
allegedly, from what I've read, it's not that easy to transmit from HIV from a, a woman to a man, that it's much easier for a man to a woman because of the man injects fluids into the body. So I don't know if that's true, though. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. But, like, uh, Tommy Morrison is, uh, is supposedly, like, really sick with AIDS now. Like, he has full-blown AIDS. And they did a story about it recently. Somebody posted it on the underground, and it was it's really fucking sad. I mean, he's dying. He's on, like, life support system, essentially. He has full-blown AIDS, you know. And he they say he got it from a girl, you know. I mean, I, it might be possible. I do not know, you know. I've heard, like, obviously that's what you always hear. It's not possible for a guy to get it from a girl. You always hear that. But I don't know if that's... I don't think he did anything else unless he put it, got it from a needle. He could have got it from a needle. A needle. That's yeah. the obvious fucking choice. Well, we were talking about that uh, yesterday with uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Ludwig. We were talking about fighters and pills and uh, pain relief. And, you know, fucking what relieves pain better than heroin? I mean, is there anything... Right, so for a lot of fighters, they might have started shooting up because the the heroin, like relieving the pain for them, was uh, was so effective. They opiates. want to do it that way. Those opiates, you know, yeah. that's what it's that's what it's about. Getting used to needles in general. Well, you know what? If you're a fighter and you know you're used to getting punched in the face, get your face stitched up, and I mean, just that's like needles are not going to freak you out. You ain't worried about Guys, fucking needles when stitches putting your nose back together in the yeah. second round, and you're going back out there to fight another two fucking rounds or three fucking rounds. Yeah, you do that's fucking five shit. rounds with Ray Mercer and get <clears throat> KO'd into the ropes like he did. Did you ever see that? No. Tommy Morrison getting knocked out by Ray Mercer is one of the most frightening knockouts oh, I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Because, well, first of all, it's frightening because Ray Mercer was a murderous puncher. But it was hilarious for me because I had this friend that would always root for white guys. <laughs> it would fucking, oh, he would, he wanted white guys to win boxing matches so bad. He never wanted it to be the best fighter. He always wanted it to be the white fighter. So, like, he rooted for Jerry Cooney and... So he got hit here, and Ray Mercer just unloads on him. Yeah. And it's, it's, he gets bricks. caught in the ropes, though. Look at this. Like, he's caught in the ropes, wow. and Ray Mercer's teeing off him. That's terrible quality. Is there a better quality version of that? We could see it smooth because it was real so choppy. But anyway, the, it was a frightening, frightening knockout. But once you've done that, you can shoot heroin. And that's you know? 235 p.m. Yeah, listen, bro. That, that, once you have that pain... And that pain doesn't fucking go away, and that little needle knocks it away. Listen to all those people's stories. That's how it started. You know, that's and, how it started. And all of a sudden, a rookie's behind you to take your fucking job in football. You just bought your fucking girl a house and a boat. Yeah. And you bought your parents a boat, and now you're 28, and a 22-year-old All-American is coming in in front of you. And you got a, bit, a little bit of knee pain. And if you complain about it, then you have surgery, and you're out, and then this motherfucker steals your job. Wow. What were you going to do? You ain't got time. You do what you need to do. Shoot the cortisone. Shoot the fucking Deca. Shoot the Mecca. Shoot it all. I don't give a fuck. As long as I play, at the end of the season, we'll talk about surgery. Then guess what, dog? At the end of surgery, they meet a fucking guru who says, you don't need surgery. We're going to shoot this in you, and and that's it. Ray Mercer was a fucking murderous puncher back then. This one right here. Watching that. Right there. Right. All of there. them. Dude, there. all of them. Yeah, the one, the left, it stiffened him, and yeah. the right, they put him down. And then he hit him two more times, full clip after oh. that. Watch that one more time, just the oh, finishing God. blows. Because I'm serious, it's one of the most devastating knockouts I've ever seen. Man, if you saw this on TV, when, when was this? 70s? Late 70s? Early 80s? Uh, 80s. Yeah. Here's that right hand. And Bray Mercer was a fucking killer. 
And he could take it too, man. Ray could take it. Look at these shots. Uh. Bing. Bang. Boom. Bam. 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 And two more before he goes down. Look how many times he fucking hit That's him, That's the game man. of AIDS. Those punches, dog. Uh. <laughs> Bunch You're not even joking though. It might have. Doug, Shit. That was it. He just got AIDS. Like I mean, something happened. Just, <laughs> he didn't get brain damage. Like, got AIDS, everything. Like, uh, who knows how he got it? He but he must have ate sushi that afternoon and that got night. hit in the head real hard. <laughs> <laughs> that night could not that's not good for your health. No, for sure. that fucked him up. That was it. They did the movie with Stallone and he was done, Doug. Yeah, you know, there's some sort of a uh he did the movie with Stallone after that, didn't he? Was I don't it before know. or I don't after know. that? I, don't I think know. it was before that. Check. Before that, right? That sent him over the fucking top. The movie that was did? The wrong guy. That was like giving a Puerto Rican a check on the fifth, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's that? <laughs> Too early, movie? right? That's, yeah, no. Yeah. They sent him over the top, though. Could you imagine being yeah. the fucking guy who gets to play Tommy Gunn back in the day? He probably, I mean, how do Next you. Stallone, how does anybody Rocky handle Balboa. that? Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and you're a I'm young player. a guy that Rocky took in with a fucking. He was, it was a horrible. Fucking, what was the guy that, what was the black guy in that movie? Who's the big black guy that did all those uh, movies? And that, that did, who was uh, Tyson's manager that robbed him? Don King. Don King. Remember the Don King in, in that movie? Oh, yeah. He was the worst. Come on, Tommy. Come with me in the limo. We got whiskey. Oh, that's right. We got whiskey and white women. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy just got punched in the head with Ray Mercer. What are you going to do? You're going to stand there next to Sylvester? Fuck no. No, I think that Remember was Remember he was before. doing blow in the limo? Get yeah. that scene up. Get that scene up when he's doing blow in the limo. <laughs> She's got those little white milky titties. He's going fucking bananas. Rocky's like, what about when I taught you? Fuck you, bitch. This bitch is banging. It must be incredibly hard to keep your motivation to be a fighter when that happens. Because a fighter, that's like the opposite world of being a fighter. Like you're in a gigantic blockbuster. You're in a Rocky movie. Back when it means something to be in a Rocky movie. You know, if you're in like Rocky Nine, like if you're in Rocky today, that's what I do. It's all I've ever done. Did you, <laughs> did you see Rocky Bal- Balboa, the no, last one? No, no, no. Hey, man, if you're into Rocky movies, it's not bad. That's it, right this there is when he leaves. The final scene with Rocky and the Tommy. white chick. Oh, this is great in Spanish. <laughs> and Tommy Morrison and him square off, and there's the shitty Don King. Look how big as small as head is. We're not turned off. Oh, Rocky punched him a bunch of times in the back of the head. Wow, and knocked him down. Tommy's really upset. Oh, wow, he threw at him, and Rocky hit him on the way in. Incredible fight here. Wow, Rocky took his legs out. He's going to MMA. No ground and pound, though? Uh-oh, now Tommy's coming back. Boy, that looks fake. Holy shit, that looks fake. That looks so fake it should be illegal. <laughs> that looks so fake they gave him $20 million. That's how fucking fake so best. Don't imagine that shit, Joe Rogan. Oh, he probably made at least $20 million from yeah, this movie. This is a huge movie, man. He's, look at this. Here's the finish. Ah, one giant left hook. And he Where's Don King? Look at Don King. You hit me, I sue you. <laughs> so that's the digital signal that we're allowed to use, the Spanish version? <laughs> yeah. We can get away with that? Yeah, you just got to get the brain juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's fucked up. So I, I found the map of the U.S. 
and I didn't know where a lot of shit was. I didn't know where a lot of shit was in in the uh, in the weird areas, like the the Maine and New Hampshire areas. So hold Joe Rogan, look at me. Joe Rogan, yeah. look at me, quick, quick. What's what? the six states in New England? Uh, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, Massachusetts. That's it. Connecticut, no. Rhode Island, Rhode Island, Connecticut. Where's Bob Marley from? Maine. Did I not put I Maine? Know. I forgot Maine. I don't know. Is Maine New England? It must be. Yeah, Maine's New Maine's got to yeah. be New England. Yeah. Well, okay, Bob so Marley's I forgot that. Beautiful. And New Hampshire's New England too. No. Yes, sir. Whoa, so those are states. That's the real thing. Hey, these you know, are cities. How dare you? <laughs> New Hampshire is. Yeah, where you like, don't know. You really are a baby. <laughs> New Hampshire's where if you don't live close to Boston, if you don't live close to Boston, you fly into New Hampshire. Yeah. And the, and the fucking flights are dirt cheap. It's like two different fucking worlds to fly into New Hampshire and to fly into Boston. They're 45 It's like Burbank, LAX. New Hampshire's filled with a lot of fucking people that don't want to hear the government's bullshit. They're all like those live free or die folks. They, you know, they have compounds set up. That's on their license plate, live free or die. That's a gangster state. You know, They're like up there, too, where you got to like shoot moose to stay alive. <laughs> when you're north of Boston, you're a silly bitch. Okay, what? That's, what, that's not cold enough for you? You need to go further? Because when we would do gigs in Maine, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's colder. <laughs> like, we'd be in Boston, and we'd go to Maine to do a gig in December, and it'd be 10 degrees cold. you get out of the car, you're like, I can't believe these motherfuckers live where it's colder than where we live. You ever been somewhere where you look up and you go, how the fuck do people live here? And you make, like, a mental note, like, this yeah. is the coldest I've ever been. January 5th, 1995, they took me up from Denver, Colorado. I was living in Boulder to do a gig. In Cheyenne, Wyoming, Joe Rogan. Cheyenne, it, it had Wyoming. to be 35 fucking below with the windshield. I left the hotel and I asked the guy at the fucking thing, where do you get something to eat? And he looked at me and he goes, maybe 50 yards down, but I wouldn't leave if I was you. <laughs> and I looked at him like, bitch. And I went out there and started walking. And like 25 minutes in, I was like, it's too cold to walk there. And if I get there, it's going to definitely be too cold to come back. Wow. Like, that's how. And I walked, and I had chili, and, I mean, it was horrendous. I had to take your jacket off, and they had to sit next to the heater, and that's, oh that was something that... Uh, we forget about that. We don't have to deal with that shit here. $350 I got for that gig as a feature act for four shows. That's a good gig. In those days, yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a good gig. Yes, it was. I remember the... Uh, I just got an email from John Schuler. I got to I gotta email him back. I just remembered, but I used to do a lot of Schuler gigs, you know, and they varied, you know, like if you if you got a good one, it was a couple hundred bucks, maybe more, you know, depending on what kind of bar he set up. Those were great gigs, you know. He would like have, and some of them, some of them were really fun. They had a lot of them. Schuler had a lot of them in Connecticut that were great fucking gigs. Brown, what is it called? Brown Thompson? Is that what it is? God damn it. Place in Hartford he used to have that was like a really good comedy club. It was he's he it was the only place in Hartford because at the time I think there's an in, improv in Hartford, Connecticut now. Yes, right. A uh, 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 funny bone. A funny bone. Something, okay. Something. Yeah, there wasn't any back in the day. I, I want to say it was called Brown Thompson. It was like a bar, and uh, they used to they used to book the comedy there, and it was like a fucking comedy club. It was like a real club. It was a great gig. Like people would get excited about that gig. It was a good one. Schuler had them all over the place. Two places where I thought I could possibly get killed doing comedy. Craig, Colorado is heavy fucking duty, Colorado. That was the first time ever I got an addendum. Uh, what do you call that shit when you get the paperwork on the gig? 
and it said, uh, it said, room is known to be active. If anything happens, run to your room and contact the bar manager. Like, that's what it said on the triple run. And the other crazy gig I did was a place called These Civilizations. These cities had been taken over by the cities, and they didn't give a fuck. It was called Rock Springs, Wyoming. Rock Springs, Wyoming, they had done a thing on 60 Minutes about Rock Springs, how the mob had taken over Rock Springs, Wyoming. And that's where they took wounded hookers from Las Vegas and revamped <laughs> them and fished their pussies and made them hook small time. And they had a strip club. There. It was like AAA. I'm not kidding you, dog. This was a look it up. Rock Springs, Wyoming, 60 Minutes. The feds had to go in and take it back from the local fucking government. What? This is craziness. This shit, they had gambling stuff and uh, Mike, well, what's his name? Like two of the guys from 60 Minutes went up there and did a report about it. There's some crazy fucking places out there that you'll never know about unless you drive through. I just got an email from a fucking great guy that said he has a room in Billings, Wyoming, Montana, a 400-seat little theater, and he sent me an email. I'm thinking about going up there, obviously, like in fucking... May because that's the only month that's fucking warm up there. There's a website called Rock Spring Hookers. Oh no no, they don't fuck. But that's not Rock Springs. WyomingHookers.net. There you go. There you go, dog. They don't fuck around there. It's to a different level. That's where wounded hookers go. They get rehab to fix the monkey. How do they they do get rid of the chlamydia and the HIV. They oh. they, Ray Mercer takes like, care of them and punches them. The don't pull it up. Don't pull it up, Brian. Don't put it it's up. Pretty too disturbing. No. Yeah, can't do that. What's that? The website. Is it bad? I shouldn't have mentioned the name of it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who gives a fuck? Pull it up. It's not pull my it. fault. No, yeah, no. It's awesome. Is it disgusting? No. Yes. Yes and no, and I don't want you to pull How it up. How many bruises they got? I don't think we should rec- rec- I mean, it's an illegal business. They're going to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't want them to get in trouble. <laughs> I, told I think you, they're, they providing, a, they're providing no, They don't service. give a fuck. <laughs> they're on they the said, internet. They said, but look at their interview. Yeah, but how do you find them? But look at the interview for 60 minutes. Please, just look 60 minutes up and see See what we're Okay. 60 minutes. 60 minutes, Rock Springs, Wyoming. 1992, 93. Fucking I don't know if it's the same Dom Fig, but you know, we're talking about Dom Fig, the vampire comic. Look at this. There's a guy named Dom Fig that took this fucking picture of a wave hitting the buildings in Connecticut. Holy shit, man. Look at this. This was when Sandy hit. Brian, see that shit? Oh, shit, yeah. Pull that picture up. Where is that? It's a ph- photographer awestruck after catching a wave. This is an incredible picture. It's incredible. Because, like, the idea that he was there while this actually happened, like, you shouldn't be anywhere fucking near there. And this crazy asshole's not just there, he's taking pictures. Photographer awestruck after catching a wave is the title. A wave. Yeah. This is nuts, man. Did you find it? Uh-uh. Okay, go to seapost.com. Uh, or just look up Dom Fig comic, and then click on the third link, and Dom, you'll see Dominic Fig, Dom, Dominic Fig comic, Dominic Fig comic, and then look under the third picture, Dominic Fig comic, and look under the third uh, link rather. It'll say Connecticut Post. Okay, here we go. Look at this fucking picture, man. This is insane. I mean, it's insane. It's like, what, what were they thinking building houses there, first of all? That's, like, beautiful for most of the time. <laughs> but fuck, man. If there's a possibility. One, but it didn't matter if you were right in front of the water with this motherfucker, right? Like, they went, like, several blocks in, Shit. just destroying everything in its path. 
It's like we're so crazy to think that the ocean's going to stay where it is. What a nutty idea to like build expensive shit right next to the edge. Like this, the edge is right here. This is my spot. Fucking got marked it off. <laughs> this is my house. I got it's, I'm up on stilts. You know, they put the house right uh, right at the water and like the the gamble is like how long is the water going to be there? Is it going to stay there for 100 years? Is it going to stay there for 50 years? What's the gamble? You know, and everybody's willing to take that gamble because if you can open up your window and you're there on the ocean like it's a boat, that's fucking amazing. You know, so they take that gamble, park that bitch right next to the rocks, and hope that nothing melts. Yeah, but you would have a bigger gamble with having a house on the mountain, like like with the fires that you had. You know, that's, that's... true. Well, it, fires are everywhere in California. Yeah. I mean, they, I talked to a firefighter that said there's a real worry, and not of if but when. That one day, one of these motherfucker wildfires that they get is going to catch L.A. And the wind's going to be just right. And he said, it's going to burn right to the beach. I go, you think it'll burn down Hollywood? He goes, I don't think we can stop it. He goes, if, if you're dealing with uh, uh, the kind of fire that can go that far and is, is that strong and it's wind-aided and it's just big enough. Because fires can be really, really, really fucking big. You know, it's hard to wrap your head around how big they can be, but they can be so big that you can't fucking control them. All you do is try to contain them, but you can't control them. And if they get that big and they, they can't cut it off in time and it starts going towards L.A., if it's the right time of year, the right amount of Santa Ana winds kicking in, shit, man. Look what happened last year in New Jersey. Anything could happen. Bro. Look what's happening right now in Montana, yeah, like this, the in in Phoenix or in Arizona rather. With the dust storm, somebody told me they were driving back from Vegas on Sunday, and it was fucking scary as shit. The oh, car sure. was going all over the world. Took them eight and a half hours to get home with the wind, traffic, man. The wind and shit. Listen, that's gonna. Everything's getting more extreme. Everything's getting more fucking extreme, brother. The heat's getting more extreme. The cold is getting more extreme. And you know, I'm not fucking Al Gore. I'm not going to sit here and tell you You're all not? that shit. No, you know, I thought you didn't Podcast know. Podcast over. <laughs> I thought you didn't know. You know, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but we evolve. Right. So that means the weather has to fucking evolve. Right. And, you know, 20 years ago, I remember being in Jersey, hanging out, playing wiffle ball, and within three minutes it would get dark, dog. And all of a sudden these chunks of fucking hail would come out, you know. But look at now. Now, I went to the shore 80 times. 80 fucking thousand times I went to that Jersey Shore. Ask me that I think that it would dissipate like the way Sandy came up. And you know what? In three years, guess what? There's going to be another one, Jack. You know those people we see every year? I had a tornado. I ain't leaving. People make a thousand jokes about. That's going to be South Jersey in fucking three years. Every yeah. three. It's going to be every seven or eight years. Then it's going to go down to fucking every four years. And then 50 years from now, it'll be every fucking eight. You know, that's just the way it is. We evolved, man. So everything moves. Don't they find those dinosaur bones in, in Montana, didn't you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, right? And didn't they belong to fish or sea bass or whatever the fuck it was? Well, there was a great you western know. inland sea there. Yeah, that's how, the, there used to be a fucking interior ocean. It's the thing really that's weird. always stunned me about Boulder is the devil's thumb. When you're on baseline and you're driving close to university in South Boulder and you look to your right and there's a thing that pops out of the fucking mountain. This, 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 just this figure. Go ahead, look it up. Boulder, Colorado, the devil's thumb. And it pops up. It makes you fucking think. It makes you fuck. You know, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I hiked up there one time because my dog, uh, not Hercules. Yeah, Hercules went up there and was missing for a night. And I went up there and fucking tried to look him down. They got snakes up there, the whole thing. 
<laughs> but it makes you think, man, what the fuck was here three million years ago? Not me, so I don't know. I don't have the answer. There Did you, you hear about that there kid? You go. Look at the devil's stump. Yeah. Come on now. I'm both. right there in baseline when you're driving. Look at that fucking thing. That's a beautiful thing. Did you hear about the kid in uh, Minnesota that got bitten by a wolf? Yes. Wolf, wolf yeah, bit yeah. him in his fucking head while he's sleeping and wouldn't let go. Wolf was trying to eat him. He was sleeping outside the tent, and uh, I guess it's, I, mean, I don't know why. It was other people in the tent. I don't know what the whole story was, but the wolf clamped a hold of his fucking head and wouldn't let go. Imagine what a terrifying feeling it is when a wolf, a 75-pound wolf, has clamped a hold of your head while you're sleeping. And this is the, uh, the first known attack uh, in that state's history that they have, like, documented. I think. fucking sharks biting people more and more every fucking day. Dude, I was in Hawaii, and they, they bit two fucking people while I was there. One of them died. Are you serious? Yeah. They got one kid got bit in his leg. He was surfing. He got bit. And another woman got her arm bit off, and she died. And was the she kid lived. The boy lived. Because his friends uh, tied his leg off with a tourniquet and brought him into the um, into the hospital what? like really quickly. Yeah, they used a um, uh, like a leash, I think, like a like a leash for a surfboard, and they uh, they tied off his leg and tourniquet, pulled him out of the water. But they saw him; they saw him get attacked by the shark, bit him in the leg. It's tiger sharks, apparently, and they're trying to figure out now. Like the people in um, Hawaii, or they're going to do some studies now. They're going to try to figure out why are these tiger sharks being more aggressive. But there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of issues with uh, wildlife in the ocean as well because these predators don't have as much to eat because we fish so much. We take so much tuna and so many different fish that they, they survive off of. Like, I would imagine that a lot of fish are going to be in, in real trouble, like the fish that also rely on the fish that we eat because we fucking kill everything, man. And all the fish has that fucking shit in it right now from Tokyo. I don't have you been seeing yes. all that? Yeah, there's a 3% increase, I think they said, in the amount of radiation that uh they they've found in fish, which is not not worrisome as far as uh like health. Apparently, you can get away with a little bit, but the 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 worry is that this could get worse. Yeah, you see that radiation mm-hmm. chart where yeah. it just shows like in like t- fifteen years we're all pretty much fucked. And- Fukushima is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's a scary, scary situation. I mean, it's 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 much more scary than it's been. You know, like oh my god, did you see what Miley Cyrus did on TV? She lit, stuck her tongue out and showed her butt. Meanwhile, there's a fucking hole in the earth that's filled with radioactive shit and it's leaking into the ocean. Yeah. I mean, it's really scary. There's, they can't stop it, they can't contain it, and they, they don't know what the fuck to do. And instead, we're looking at Syria, and we're looking at all these other... Th- I mean, maybe there's threats. I mean, maybe, maybe Syria is someplace we really do need to be. Maybe they are using chemical weapons. But for sure, that shit is going down at Fukushima. For fucking sure. There's a real problem there. And TEPCO doesn't know what the fuck to do, and no one in the world has a solution for it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I mean, it's just constantly r- leaking radioactive waste. And what are the people in Tokyo, what's that going to be like in a decade? You know, what, what it means right down the hill from that fucking place. I mean, what is, what is, what is going to happen? What is, are they going to have any, like, non-radioactive fish? And don't they rely on fish? Like, there's a huge amount of their income and their, their diet that relies on fish. That's going to be a, a terrible place. It could be a real issue, you know? They're finding radioactive bunnies, like bunnies that have deformities and shit that live there. They're born with no ears. There's, like, all sorts of weird shit going down near there. Yeah, what if the fish start turning into, like, like, like these tiger sharks are eating these radiate, you know, these fish and stuff, and it's in the water, and it starts becoming, mm-hmm. what, like a zombie shark? NATO? I mean, like, that that's, like, real, you know? Like, 
Listen fish to that statement get... and imagine that used in court against you. I mean, like these fish are gonna. <laughs> these fish are. Imagine like you trying to argue that you're smart, and then like, okay, now that's real. It's like fish sharknado. Zombie fish sharknado. Uh, yeah. No, but I mean, like the, the if the fish become like some mutant kind of animals that. Yeah, well, the, you know, the, that could happen. I mean, I don't think that's really how things mutate. Life isn't a fucking comic book, son. But yeah, in a comic book, that would become Godzilla. It would become the, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon or some shit. Godzilla right? was made. Wasn't you thought it was made? No. No, Godzilla was a creation uh, because of the atomic bomb, supposedly. They, they, uh, the U.S. drops atomic bombs on Japan, and then Godzilla is born because of the radiation. Like all those animals, those giant animals, Mothra, all that shit, Rodan. I believe Ro- maybe Rodan was from space. So it's coming remember. true. Well, that was the idea. No, it's not coming true. It's just some fucking sharks bit some people. Those are good movies that you saw the string, <laughs> and it fucked your world up. You're <laughs> like, fuck! From the Mothra string? Yeah, the Mothra string and shit. Wow! <laughs> This Remember so, when ABC so bad today. fucking ABC would do Monster Week at 4:30, the after-school movie. 4:30 after Dark Shadows, you threw some fucking heat, Jack. Yeah, you pull were, up some videos yeah. of Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla Mon- versus <laughs> the Smog Monster. Yes. That's who the baddest one was. Godzilla versus <laughs> the Smog Monster. You remember when it was King Kong versus Godzilla, oh, and they had yeah. to make King Kong the same size? Oh, and that was always very disappointing to me when I was a boy that I found out how much smaller King Kong was than Godzilla. It wasn't even close. Godzilla's like 500 feet high. King Kong's 50 feet high. 50 feet high ain't shit when you're dealing with Godzilla, but in Godzilla versus King Kong, all of a sudden King Kong's huge. That's a good little fucking jam, too. Blois to yeah. go. Godzilla. Uh, oh, no. There goes Tokyo. Go, go, Godzilla. Yeah, that was Blue Oyster Co., right? Yeah. Yeah, look. The smoke wakes him up. Those movies were so... People today can't understand how awesome those movies are. Play that. There you go. You know, people don't understand how amazing these movies were. It's L.A. versus Tokyo. Look how bad this is. This is incredible. Oh, that's when he became the smog monster, remember? <laughs> and he flies around just blowing poison smog on people. Chemtrails, bro. Yeah, he was the original chemtrails. The smog monster. Look, everybody, look how bad the fucking special effects are. Oh my god, it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. What people don't understand is when you were a kid, or when I was a kid, rather, and we would watch this, sh- we, we would have to be... We'd, you, you, were, you had to suspend disbelief. You were just amazed that they could show you any visual representation of a gigantic lizard. Like, anything that remotely looked like it, you were willing to accept. Like, look at that. Look how bad that is. <laughs> but we were willing to accept it. Because we knew that up until then, like that was there was, the best. that was the best. That was the best. That was it. Like, if you go to the original King Kong... And the original King Kong, the difference between the way the Japanese did it and the way uh, Ray Harryhausen did it, um, I think it was Ray Harryhausen. I might have made that up. But uh, the animator, they used to do it frame by frame. They would, they would just move the clay a little, take a picture. Move the clay a little, take a picture. Move the clay a little, take a picture. It took fucking forever. But they would have these elaborate fight scenes with these clay animals that they created. So you'd like G- King Kong fighting against dinosaurs that shit took forever and look what it looked like look at look how fucking fake it looks look it moves around wow that looked like i hurt yeah <laughs> it's like people got fucked somebody up. really died but look here. it barely <laughs> even looks like it's there like play that look it barely even looks like it's there no, it's like there's a guy in front of it and he's looking at it what are you doing i'm singing i can barely see him I was... look at that oh, it's weird people. 
And look at the fucking special effects. Like, what what was King Kong? It was like 1936 or some 33. shit? 33? Yeah. Wow. So back then, this was the greatest fucking thing you the world had mind. ever I'm known. You can't believe they even pulled this off. I mean, the special effects for back then were unbelievably incredible. Like, people were so excited to see this. When you look at, like, King Kong itself, like, show King Kong itself. Like when you see him. Hey, where's King Kong? Oh. The guy's getting up. They're trying to figure out what happened. Oh. Look, look how fake oh, this looks. It's a lizard. But this is a real lizard, though. <laughs> I think they just stuck a real lizard in there. Nope, nope, yep. nope. That's it's animated, like, too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes they would do that, though. They would have a movie, and they would have, like, a real oh, lizard. Yeah. And you could tell the lizard was nowhere near them in real life. But they'd be like, oh, look. And they would just insert this giant fucking lizard in the back. How weird must it have been to act in these movies? Okay, there's a spider. It's 16 feet tall. It's coming at you now. Run. Look at him. He's like scrambling. And then they have to add in this killer spider. This is nuts. Like, look how bad it looks. When they pick up someone and they're getting bit. This is so stupid. But that was as good as the world had ever seen back then. Yeah. It was, it was impossible to get any better. Like, that was incredible. Like, people must have been so excited. And there was no, I mean, what fucking TV shows were on in 1936? Howdy Doody. Or 33. Right? Did they even have TV in 33? I don't know. When did they invent TV? When's the invention of TV? Invention of TV. Yeah, for a while, it was just, just movies, right? TV probably came a long I time. I thought it was fucking radio. Like the, I thought the Green Hornet was a radio show and all that shit. And... I didn't find anything for when was the invention of the TV. Searching the web for when was the invention of the TV. Huh. Okay. So apparently, there's not not a single thing. There's not a th single thing that you can point to. Because there's a lot of shit that got invented that related to the invention of the television. Can you imagine sitting around with a bunch of people and your family and listening to the Green Hornet? That'd be awesome. At night, Amazing. Eight to nine every Friday night, and then Wednesday was something else, and Thursday was comedy night. Like they'd have like uh, not Jackie Gleason, but the other guy, like uh, Low Work and Annie. Yeah, Someone. Like that. It happened in 1862. Was the first still image that was transferred. And this guy had something called a pan-telegraph. So he transferred a picture by telegraph, this thing, or this electronic thing transferred. And he became the first person to transmit a still image over wires. Fuck, man. They figured that out in 1862. You know how crazy that is? Slavery became illegal in 1865. So while they were still slaves, someone had figured out how to send a photo over wire. Fuck. Remember when the telegram was huge? You remember that? When you were a kid, the telegram was huge. They had a huge commercial. Yeah, Western Union. Western Union was huge. You, could only, you had to go to Western Union and then pay cash. Then they got the credit card, and that was the beginning of the end. And shit, that was the beginning this of the end. This is incredible stuff, man. They, uh, in, 19, in 1873, scientists May and Smith experiment with selenium and light, and this reveals the possibility for inventors to transform images into electronic signals. How the fuck did they figure that out? I mean, think about how nutty that is. These dudes are riding horses. 
and some motherfucker figured out how to turn images into electronic signals so that you could send them, send, send them, so you could send them over wire. Look how fucking stupid I am hundreds of years later. <laughs> what was the first picture? Porn? Had to be right. Probably his dick. Probably a guy <laughs> sent some chick a picture of his dick. His poop. <laughs> Look at my poop, fine lady. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> some crafty cat. It's like, this bitch has got to see my dick. If she sees my dick, it's on. And right now, she wants to stay in Philadelphia. So, fuck, what do I do? I'm in New Mexico. Sending pictures of your slaves. This is amazing stuff, man. So in 1900, they called it television at the World Pair, World's Fair in Paris. The first International Congress of Electricity was held, and that is where Russian Konstantin Persky, yeah, Konstantin Persky made the first known use of the word television. So it was invented by a Russian gentleman, or the word was at least amazing. You know, when you go back and think about dudes that were inventing like really mind blowing shit. Like back in the 1800s or the 50s, you know, even earlier than that. Like the, the dude who figured out the printing press. Yeah, but you know how much shit you didn't have, like fucking like interfering with you? Like the, you didn't have an internet, you didn't have TV, you didn't have. You had to invent shit. You, you had, you had to go to the yeah. woods. What about the guy that invented meth? How he didn't get no credit? The guy who invented meth? How about that? Oh, fucking I give him poor credit bastard. every day. That guy was awesome. That fucking poor soul in a trailer had no money for drugs and just started putting shit together. When I saw that on Discovery, I was blown the fuck away, who, people. Who was it that invented meth? Was it one dude? Who, I don't know. But putting a battery, the core of a battery, uh, cold medicine, just, just, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what did you come up with? Who gave you this recipe? Wasn't, um, wasn't meth used in, like, World War II? Like, like the, the story was that they used, the Hitler troops used it, and the, they used uh, it on yeah. the uh, Japanese kamikaze pilots right, to right, get right. them to be willing to But it to was slam. speed. I don't know if it's the shit that they have now in a tub that the, you know, Sons of Anarchy sells. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm just telling you that, but what the fuck, you know, I mean. Yeah, it's not a new drug, and it was first made in 1887. Again. So. 1887. Yeah. Uh, it, hmm. Some Germany, dude wanted to send a picture of his dick to some chick, so before he could invent the camera and to get the electronic wave, he had to stay up for a week to fucking okay. do it. I'm sorry, that, that was just amphetamines. So amphetamines for 1887. Methamphetamine, which was more potent and easy to make, was developed in Japan in 1919. The crystalline powder was soluble in water, making it, for, uh, making it a perfect candidate for injection. Methamphetamine went into wide use during World War II when both sides used it to keep troops awake. Holy fucking shit. High doses were given to Japanese kamikaze pilots before their suicide missions. And after the war, methamphetamine abuse by injection reached epidemic proportions when supplies stored for military use became available to the Japanese public. Man, in 1950s, methamphetamine was prescribed as a diet aid and to fight depression. <laughs> Easily available, it was used as a non-medical stimulant by college students, truck drivers, and athletes, and the abuse of the drug spread. Holy shit. Did you know that? They used to prescribe methamphetamines for depression? Let's, at least well, not, it probably worked. Think about yeah. it. It's a back door, yeah. <laughs> well, that was in the Liberace movie. Yeah. Remember the, the yeah, California diet? Yeah, the he California gave us some form of amphetamines. You know what's crazy? That uh, I remember when I was growing up, there was this crazy kid on the block, and he had <clears throat> whatever they diagnosed it then as ADD, but they used to give him speed to calm him down. Right. 
remember he was fucking, he used to jump off his own roof. Why would you do that? Yeah, well, they say that's uh, with uh, Ritalin. This was way before Ritalin. He was, uh, he, his sister used to sell him his black beauties. Oh, really? Yeah, they they had this kid on some heavy duty shit. I used to go to East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania and buy a thousand black beauties for 35 bucks. And I would sell What is exactly a black beauty? It was these little fucking black things they made in the 70s, and they were the original diet pill. And it was an amphetamine? An amphetamine. Well, do you know what kind it was? No. Who gives a fuck? They were $35 for a thousand. <laughs> I sold them for a hundred. A thousand? $35 for a thousand? And I would sell them for 35 to a hundred to the wrestlers at a dollar a piece. You have no idea what a cash cow that thing was. Oh, my God. And I remember, like, one night <laughs> I went out and I had no blow, and I ate, like, three of them and drank Anazette. And I was sick for a fucking week. Like, I never ate those pills. But I remember people cracking them open and snorting those motherfuckers. You know what's really interesting? Like, yeah. you talking about that and you talking about selling, bootlegging uh, these illegal drugs. It's like, it depends on how much money you make and what you do with that money, whether or not you become legitimate. I was like, a junior in high school. But what I'm saying is like, <laughs> I know, but look at the Kennedys. The Kennedys did the exact oh, same yeah, thing. Yeah, the same thing. The Kennedys yeah. became legitimate. They became a very wealthy and established family from moonshine. They were selling drugs. They were selling liquid drugs that were illegal, but they did, they did the right thing with all the money. They got a, got a hold of it, invested it in politics, started getting, I mean, they, they, did a, they had a lot of fucking money. And then, you know, they got out of it once it became legal or, or something. I mean, I don't know how the fuck they transitioned out of bootlegging it, but that's like the, the known history. Of Joe Kennedy, right? The the, the, the father. father right. The father yeah, was yeah. like a, he was a moonshine runner, which is kind of crazy. I mean, how much different is that really than you selling these black beauties? It's really no different, like morally or ethically. It's the same thing. So, like, if you had stuck with the black beauty business and then got into politics later, <laughs> I mean, that would have been that would have been acceptable. Let me tell you some nose where that was right after my mom died, and I was like crazy. Yeah. And I would go on Saturdays with this kid, Nick Biamonte. He was a football player up there. And he would pick me up. We'd drive like an hour and a half. And we'd go into this room, these college kids that looked like they were 40. And that's all they did all week was make different uh, things. And they would make acid, blotter acid, paper. They would make four-way acid. They would make little mescaline. And they would make black beauties. And that's yeah. what they did all week. And their parents thought they were going to school. These <laughs> These, you know, before the computer nerd, this is what nerds did. Right. They had this was these kids were probably millionaires. I remember them having Z twenty eights were big. Remember Z twenty eights in nineteen eighty. They Irox. both had IROCs with the the cut moon dish that came out like. Oh they, yeah, the TV. Yeah, no, these guys were making money, guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, I remember them going, "Our dad send us money. We don't go to class. We pay rent." They had a gambling thing during the week. Yeah. These kids were banging it. They were crazy little fucking. Uh, I don't even know what they were, Irish kids. I remember the T-Tops thing. Yeah, the T-Top and Ted Nugent, and we'd go and they'd show us. (laughs) These guys had a garage with jars of Black Beauty's jars. That was their mainstay, and then everything else they made as they went along. Like, this week we'll make blotter acid. This week we'll make four-way acid. This week we'll make uh, window pane acid. Fucking just a complete different world, bro. Do you remember when everybody had that Trans Am just like Burt Reynolds with the yes. eagle on the hood? Yes. <laughs> there was a giant eagle yeah. sticker. Like, it was important to have that sticker. Pull that bitch up. Pull that uh, Burt Reynolds That was authentic. Trans- <laughs> that was that authentic. eagle sticker is important, man. Like, I know I knew a dude who had one um, rebuilt. Had it, uh, it was like for a TV show. 
And they they had to get that sticker, man. That was like a big part of it. Was putting that sticker on. Like you had, they had to get it like recreated so they could because they restored the entire car. Like that sticker. Yeah, I remember that's, how big of a. Few that's it not was. the one though. It was, oh, I know which one it goes. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, goes no, back no, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one the cooler big one has yeah, the exposed yeah. headlights. I remember the big feud when two people got an IROC in the same neighborhood. Like that became a feud. Like you had to throw down. Yeah. So one guy would park across the street, and you would park across the street. Facing the other direction, and whoever had like the loudest stereo and the hottest chick won. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you'd be listening to Aldo fucking Nova, and you'd Life be sitting... is just a fantasy. Can you have you seen that video lately? Life? When you get a minute at home to that, put the video on. From yeah, that's the it. Beginning. No, that's not the one either because that has closed. You got It's got to be the one with the exposed headlights. These are all like new versions. That's the one. Yeah. That's the real one. That's the Burt Reynolds jammy right there. Look how badass that car was. Look how badass that car was. I think people who are not male cannot understand that. You know, you show that to a woman, especially like a a mature woman. (laughs) But someone who's been to college, they're going to look at that and go, what the fuck are you? What? Go back to that picture. It would be cool to it would be cool to have that like black on like silver like where you could see only see it like silver wise. I was looking for a better one. Well, there's there's um people have done like little custom yeah. ones. I remember that I'd seen some some custom really cool spray painted ones. You know like um what's it called air gun. When those are like air gun artists, remember that they used to do those. Uh, oh, that's a pretty dope one. Yeah. Remember they used to do like vans, and on the side of vans would be like some fucking like a Conan scene, like a dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was airbrushed, right? Uh-huh. There was a dude with a sword, and you know, like fucking women, like Frank Frazetta style. Do you remember that? Like that was a big thing. Those vans to have a, a bar in there, you were yes, velour and shit. Why go to a hotel with the little windows in the back, and they had like yeah. a moonroof? Dog, we could smoke in here. Pop the moonroof. Like, that was, like, big time. Yeah, the moonroof was huge. The moonroof was fucking huge. And what kind of artwork you had on the side of your van was fucking And it was huge. all ugly. You look at it today and you go, what the <laughs> fuck was I thinking? A fucking Japanese guy with a hammer with a fish in his hand. Sexy bitch. I'm going to pull this up. Van with airbrush artwork. There's a couple guys in Burbank that have that. They, oh, they, really? They airbrush vans, and it's oh. like they, they'll have they'll change them all the time. And then, like, the latest one was, like, Wonder Woman. It just She looked like a Mexican Wonder Woman, though. Dude, go to that. Go to van with airbrush artwork. It's still going strong. There's still some fucking cool pictures out there. You just got to find these guys. Oh, they still do it. Definitely. I didn't know. I hadn't seen one in a long time. I've seen cool shit on, uh, like, tour buses and stuff. This, this is the kind of shit that is, like, uh, by me at my house. Like, this is what it looks like. That's awesome. <laughs> Come on, man. How awesome is that? Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Some C-3PO, aliens. That's pretty badass. <laughs> but there's a lot of them, yeah. Like, this looks... Oh, God. Someone's got to have a Frank Frazetta out there. I bet if I look up Frazetta, Airbrush Frazetta. That guy had, in my opinion, like the, yeah, well, yeah, somebody's got something here. What is that? Does that look like a Frazetta? That guy had the best, like, fantasy art. When you were a kid, did you like like Frank Frazetta? Do you remember those paintings? You know who he is? No. Did you ever get into books or or comic books or any shit like that when you were young? A couple months. I was big into. I was into Marvel, like the four. What, what Marvel comics? The f- f- Fantastic four, four. Fantastic Four. I liked the Silver Surfer, and the only reason ah, it was a long fucking story. That's yeah. I was into it like nine, <laughs> ten months. We go to the festivals in the city, and we try to buy 
Batman 3 or some shit. And yeah. It was just a couple months. Then I went off the deep end. There was no, no, no more fucking comic books. <laughs> now it's all SpongeBob 24 7. No fucking comic <laughs> books. I turned around and came right back to it. For me, I was, uh, I was really into those um, uh, fantasy artists like Frazetta. I'm trying to think of some of the other names. There's a bunch of other names of guys who are like really, uh, really famous for that. But Frazetta was my favorite because I was such a big fan of, of the Conan series, and he did a lot of the, um, a lot of the artwork. Pull, pull some of those pictures up, man. They're incredible. He just, it's just like that to me, like symbolized that kind of uh, that genre of book. Did you ever have a, a van, Joey? A van? Yeah. No. I drove a van for a construction, no, a, a hardware company for about six weeks. Oh, yeah? And then, yeah, I got fired. They're still there. <laughs> They're still fucking there. The, the, really? The hardware store on Fairview Avenue. Yeah, yeah. When you go back and look at some shit from your childhood, it's strange when you see stuff that's still there. The guy's still fucking there. That was the first. I got arrested January 29, 1983. Really? I, I uh, got caught for possession of stolen tools, you know, like uh, stolen property, like the dude crime type shit. I went out on bail. I paid a fine. I was on probation for six months or something like that. <laughs> and that was it. It was dumb as fuck, but I worked at that lumberyard. And I had a good little job over there. I was a delivery driver. I could make my own little stops. At that time, I was doing a false, like a, a, a settlement type deal, so I had to go to the chiropractor. That gave me time to go to the chiropractor and all that shit every day. It was, it was just a, it was like two fifty a week, and I worked six days a week. Wow! And I had to drive to the Meadowlands and you know different construction sites and drop off tools and linoleum and screws and nails. There's the shit you do. I drove a van uh, when I was about, uh, I guess I was about 18. I had a van for a while for uh, delivering newspapers. I bought like a second car because the newspapers would fuck up my suspension. Like everybody who delivered newspapers, your suspension got fucked up by the Sunday paper because it's so much weight. Because you'd fill up your fucking trunk with uh, newspapers and then you'd put them in the back seat. You'd stuff them in the front seat all the way up to the ceiling. So you were driving around like almost completely blind on the right-hand side. Like It was very tricky like looking around at where you were going. And so after a while, I made a little bit of cash with this fucking venture. And like me, I'm always thinking of expanding. I uh, I got a van. I bought this big-ass cargo van with no windows. And I then I wagons. expanded my route. I was using red wagons. Well, I had to figure out a way to make enough money that I didn't have to do anything else while I was competing. And so the only way I could really think of before I made money on teaching was deliver newspapers. That was the only thing that made sense to me because it was several hours a day, like three or four hours a day. But when it was done, it was done. And that's it. There was no boss to answer to. As long as I delivered the papers to where they were supposed to go, there was no problems. And I was good at it. I did it every day. And it taught me discipline. Like having something that you have to do 365 days a year makes you fucking do it. You just do it, you know? You don't even think about it. You just fucking do it. It's part of your life. You just get up and do it. I applied for a paper route one time. Like going into the eighth grade, I wanted to be a goody good whatever. A goody good. And I applied for a paper route like in July. This motherfucker calls me like Thanksgiving week. And I don't even think about it. I go, okay. And he goes, you got to pick up. And it was 43rd Street Hill. This is a hill and a half. This is one of those hills in my hometown. They compare to that San Francisco hill. Oh, yeah. And Joe Rogan. Lombard Street? I walk over there, and it's fucking, you know, 18 inches of snow, the East Coast snow. And I got to walk. And for three weeks, I had to break through that fucking thing, 
go over there at 4 in the afternoon. It's freezing. The sun comes down there. You're fucking freezing. I'm delivering paper, knocking on people's doors with that, that loop with the people's fucking cards in it. Nobody had one of those things. You had a circle loop, and you had people's addresses when they paid you last. Oh, they yeah. were good tippers. Yeah. You had all that shit on it. And I remember after three weeks just quitting, going, dog, I ain't doing this shit no more. That hell's a motherfucker. <laughs> I go work for my mother and make that in one fucking day what I'm making for you. 40 bucks. I got to hustle six days a week. I go into my mother's for one day. I play wiffle ball. I eat fucking Chinese food, and I come home with fucking 50, 60. Get the fuck out of here. i walk up and down the hill. <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> the fuck out of here! The fuck out of here! I learned yeah. how to drive in the snow, man. That's what I learned. I was driving in the snow like all winter long because I drove every day. I drove every day, so if it snowed, I fucking drove. So I got so used to getting stuck. I get stuck everywhere. I'd slide into trees. Like I fucked up a lot of cars. <laughs> my fucking my record was terrible. By the time I, I moved to New York, it was like really hard for me to get insurance. I had a gang of accidents. <laughs> I, I, had a, I was a horrible driver. And then I made the mistake of moving to Aspen. And you think you know what the fuck you're doing until there's black ice on that motherfucker. Oh, and yeah. And you're going down the road listening to fucking Joe Welsh, uh, you know, Rocky Mountain High. And all of a sudden your car just goes like this, red band. Just goes, shush. And off that shish, this back just starts fucking spinning. And you just go into a tailspin. You don't know what the fuck to do. Just going through a fucking tailspin, man. Yeah. It's and not right there, you're like, oh, I got to learn how to drive and pay fucking attention. This is a complete... I hit so many fucking cars, Joe Rogan. Oh, of I course. I dented so many cars. <laughs> I, lo- I remember in Seattle, I was a car salesman. They used to give me a car. I would take the car at night and go to gigs, to one-nighters, and I'd lose fucking hubcaps. Oh, my God. I was horrible. There's a terrible, terrible, terrible video, not, not this one, of uh, some people going down a road and they lose control of their car and they hit a, a truck head on. Ugh. It's crazy. The people from behind them are filming it. The guy in front loses his shit and shit. just at the right time swerves into the oncoming no, no, you have lane. No idea, man. That oh, this guy just <laughs> crossed and, oh my God, oh, here you go, bitch. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is scary. This guy's in the wrong oh, fucking lane. That's so scary. Oh, my God, and he has to cross over. How does he cross over? I don't miss any of this shit, man. I grew up in Ohio, so I had to deal with this all the time. But... Look at this. Look, he spun out. Boom. Oh. Oncoming traffic. Boom. The only good part is when you got in on accidents, it wasn't as bad because you were sliding when you hit the that person. That is true. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. When you got in an accident in the snow, it's like bumper cars. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, people who don't know, they don't, they've never experienced that before. Boom. Like that yeah. in, in any other sort of situation would be a devastating impact. It still can be pretty shit. What? Like this is bad because this is like. Oh, this is horrible. What is this guy doing? He lost his shit. Wow. Okay, you give me anxiety. <laughs> I know. I'm watching this and I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> I really honestly think that people who don't grow up driving in this kind of shit, you, you, you miss out on a certain amount of adversity in life. This, the fear that you get, the respect for the winter, you know? Oh, my God. No, I don't want to see this. Jesus Christ, this is going to be bad. Oh, <laughs> look at this guy spinning out. Oh head oncoming traffic. No one can stop. Boosh! How about the motherfuckers oh. that get in their car in Colorado like that drunk? Oh, yeah. Insane. Go down 82. 82, Route 82. Look it up. It's one of the most this dangerous guy. roads in the fucking Oh, my country. God. He's going over the cliff. Oh. <laughs> oh, he spun around. He got lucky. This is fucking <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> Please shut this off. This is not good. Okay. This is not good for your spirit. 
You're just seeing destruction. <laughs> That's the weird thing about like the internet and like ch choosing to go search for shit. Like you can see disturbing shit after disturbing shit after. Like you just be bombarded by nothing but disturbing shit. Just, ah, ah. Whereas in real life, like it's really hard to run into that much disturbing shit. But you could watch if you if you. <laughs> if you drive every winter, you might see one of those so, crazy pileups in ten years of driving. I've lived in some we just places. saw ten in a row. You've lived in some places in Boston where it's just disturbing waking up in the morning. It is, and it's one disturbing sight. And everybody who comes to you, after a while, you start looking at them weird, like, "What the fuck is this? Like, a, are they putting me on?" Yeah, like that's how real some places are, man. There's places, situations you got yourself in that it's just a walking disturbance. It's just a you don't need to fucking. Uh, Look at this shit or go online. Well, there's like a hopelessness to to some places. You know, there's some places where when you're there, like especially in the winter, there's like a weird hopelessness. There's no joy. There's no Aspen to it. Like Aspen in the winter, it's kind of festive. People are skiing. The town's hopping. There's a you lot can of smell the wood burning. It's yeah. fucking amazing. The wood burning's when great. You smell that wood burning, your whole heart stops. You're like, yeah. What the fuck? It's beautiful. It's, it's completely beautiful. different. I remember being. Eight minutes from the greatest world, the greatest city in the world, and feeling hopeless. Like a, a, the Lincoln Tunnel, going across the Lincoln Tunnel is the biggest city in the world in 1980, like as a kid, and going, you know, this is hopelessness. This is too much. This yeah. Is, it was too fucking much then, you know. It was everything you wanted like that at 2 in the morning. That's everything the you wanted? What, what You could buy a machine gun with a bazooka <laughs> in Harlem at 2 in the morning. You go up to Harlem, there's a Puerto Rican that'll sit there for 10 minutes and go, let me think, bro. What do you want? I need a machine gun with a clip. I want to shoot a 1,000 people. I need a stick <laughs> of fucking dynamite. And they'll sit there for 10 minutes and go, I'll get you the dynamite tonight. And you're sitting there going, oh, shit. Do you remember when that guy got arrested in Harlem because he had a tiger in his house? <laughs> do you remember that's that's Harlem. If that story had happened in any other place in the world, if that was in Cleveland, I'd be like, how odd. But it's in Harlem, I was like, okay, I believe that. The dude got bit, and so that's how he got in trouble. His tiger bit him, and they found out this motherfucker had a tiger in his house. He had like a bunch of exotic pets. Let me pull up the story. A uh, man had a tiger in his house in Harlem. Man, uh, tiger in his. Harlem, is, has Harlem been gentrified? Yes. A lot of white people living in Harlem yes. now? It's all the way up to 140 now. Oh, he didn't and just... And beautiful. They didn't have to clean... You know, I'm... He didn't just have a tiger. He had an alligator, too. Oh, please. <laughs> Those are pimps in Harlem, dog. <laughs> Imagine you come over to this guy's house. I used to cop coke in Harlem oh. all hours of the night. I used to... When I was 18, just out of high school, I used to go to 135th in Amsterdam where you had to walk through the room where the, the chickens were fighting. Right. This is real. And you walk through the room where the chickens were fighting. And then you walked into a DJ booth, and they'd wait for you. And there times I'd go over, and the cops were there. They wouldn't let you go in because somebody got shot. And then remember when, when who did Mike Tyson fight in Harlem at 4 in the fucking morning one night, dog? Mitch Blood Green. Are you fucking kidding me? At a haberdashery. Are, are you Yeah, at a haberdashery at 4 in the fucking morning. What's a haberdashery? Like where you go buy clothes, <laughs> men's clothing or something. Where brothers go to buy fucking clothes. Who goes to a haberdashery? That's when you pull some Tom. That's when you're a gentleman, That's dog. when you pull that Tom Cruise shit. But what was that movie he made? We had to call the Arabian guy and get clothing, and the chick's daughter was fucking tremendous movie. Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise made a movie years ago with Nicole Kidman as his wife, and she had cheated on him with a fucking soldier. It was one of those Whoa. movies by that director that fucking Eyes died. Eyes Wide Shut? 
Yes. That was well, the th- that was the theme. All I remember about that movie is the crazy dance. Stanley Kubrick, all, yeah, directed that. So it's a demented movie. They go to fuck the chick, and the chick dies of an OD in the doctor's office, and he's telling the guy to get it together, but he has to wear a cape and a mask. So he calls like this haberdashery at two in the morning in New York. They open up the fucking door and they give him a cape, and then the little Arabian girls fucking the two Japanese employees. This is a tremendous fucking movie. Then he goes over there, he gets in. He goes to the back, everybody's naked, everybody's sucking and fucking. <laughs> you got to walk around with a cape and a fucking mask and a magician's hat on. And then they threaten him. And he goes back home to Nicole Kidman, and she's telling him that one night while he was away, she fucked a sailor. So it's, it's like going in his mind, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a fucked up movie. He gets the address from the piano player at the jazz bar. That's a great movie, by the way. It's a dark fucking movie. Remember they had it for a few years? Then they released it. It was kind of weird because it was them two working together. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eyes Wide Shut was uh, it, it was about like some weird elite sort of a cult, right? Scientology right? through the back door. Yeah, was that what it was like? What? It was yeah. like he was trying. It was they really... wore those masks, hung out with Callan, stuff like that. There's um a 1972. There's some photos uh, that uh, Duncan had on his website. Um, they're photos from a 1972 Rothschild surrealist dinner party. It's so weird, man. It's so weird. So this is the Rothschilds, I guess. I'm not like totally up on this, but they're supposed to be the people that are like, you know, elite banker type characters, right? So they've got this uh, this party, and they're all wearing these crazy outfits, man. Like this lady's wearing like a stag head. Like, she has the head of a deer on in a mask, and the man is wearing this weird thing on his fucking head, and they have this uh, dinner table set up with a baby doll, and, like, it's fucking trippy shit. Really weird shit, because these really were the Rothschilds, and they, this is really how they were rolling. They really did have parties where women would wear antlers on their heads, where um, they would have naked women uh, pushed around on, like, a... It looks like a casket covered in roses. It's like it's really strange, or at least an effigy of a naked woman. Actually, it looks like I can't tell if that's a real woman. They or not. kill a bitch. They kill a bitch too. They would kill a bitch really? and drop well, her in the woods. This looks like just shit. like a hipster party. Well, yeah, it's a no, bit of a party for sure. Yeah, they're crazy people. No, it's man. a bit of a party for sure. But the I think the idea they like some freaky shit. If you want to follow the conspiracy theory, the idea is that these type of people, these elite societies. That what they would do is they would have these rituals and they would do something really fucked up so no one could ever talk about it. Like they would kill somebody. Like yeah. they would take a prostitute and kill yeah, her in front of everybody yeah. and then bury her somewhere. And no one could talk about it because they were all implicated. And so that's everyone, you know, it's like your bond to this, this cult. That was the idea. I mean, that's always, look at that. That woman's wearing a fucking stag head. It's like a big deer mask. How weird. When you have like billions of dollars. It's 1976. You're like, fuck it. You know, there's no internet. You can't get in trouble. There's no anonymous is going to fucking take down your website. Because, because you're some crazy Rothschilds character. These people back then? Jesus Christ. Brother, to have so much money that you pay off an attorney the night before the party, like a liaison to the police department. Oh, yeah. You fucking have a, a service come in to park cars. They're not allowed in there. Everybody has masks, so even if you do kill a bitch, nobody knows who killed it. It was some dude with a fucking goat's face on. You don't know who the fuck that was. Yeah. There's no IDs. There's no nothing. You're fucking bareback. You're just spreading chlamydia like a motherfucker at those things. 
Those and those no 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 I'm lying. Those chicks get checked out. Those dudes go all out. <laughs> they fucking send those bitches to the doctor, blood <laughs> test, pussy scans, asshole, the whole fucking thing. What's the best scan for pussies? An MRI? I don't fucking know. I don't you know. It's got to be something you know, some fucking freaky shit. Rock <laughs> Springs, Wyoming and shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why they take those hookers and they revitalize them. They put some pep in their step. Well, back in those cowboy days, right, they used to have the brothels where they would, like, go in this big fucking wooden building, you know, in the upstairs. I mean, all the Outlaw Josie Wales movies. I mean, that what was the movie, um, uh, the, 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 the comeback movie for him way back in, you know, like with Morgan Freeman? Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Thank you. That movie was about a prostitute at a brothel getting cut up by a bad guy and then him going after them. Remember that? Yes, that's a good movie. I gotta it's watch a great, great fucking movie. movie. Unforgiven is, in my opinion, one of the one best. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a good, time. It's, and it's a black fucking sheep. Nobody really watches exactly. it. Exactly. Or Tosa. What's that? And it's so realistic, man. It's like he went and did the exact opposite of like. You know, like a a hero movie where everything's predictable. Like it was not predictable at all. It was very dark and very realistic. Like very realistic and tuned into that that era. Like when he starts drinking and turns evil. Like you fucking believe every word of it. When he comes in all sweaty and fucked up and just kills everybody. God damn, dude. And how everybody's freaking out. They're scared. They can't pull their gun out in time. And he's just blasting them one after the other. That was a fucking hard hitting movie. We'll have to watch it again this week. Maybe we'll watch it in Milwaukee. We'll have a party. Yeah. And some bitches stab <laughs> The whole fucking thing. I can't stab a bitch at this age. You can't stab them. Uh, they I fight back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it anyway, but I would say But that, that creepy shit where they have quickly. the parties and the chick don't know she's going to die, that's got to be horrible. You do it with like four people who have families. Could you imagine? Being sophisticated, you're a millionaire. You have so much to fucking lose. But, you know, that's listen, man, when you have money in the billions, I can't imagine. Listen, you're 50 years old, you're going to go, fuck it. I'm going to go do everything I've ever wanted to do. And you write a bucket list, bitch. And on that list is getting eight chicks, <laughs> hottest chicks in the world, getting them checked out for chlamydia. And, uh, make, I mean, just, you know, Fidel used to do that. They said that Fidel would go up to you whether you were married or not. He'd send the fucking guy over to you and say, call this number tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Right in the restaurant. You could be sitting there with your wife. A soldier would come up to your wife and give her a card. Got to call that number the next day. Next day, a, doc, a fucking car comes to the house, picks your wife up, takes her for a physical examination. The next day, she has to have a nice dress delivered with some flowers. She's going to Fidel's for some yum-yums. Wow. So you would have to just so dress just, your wife down, wouldn't you? You'd just like to make her look so like yeah, shit. Is that real? He was just steal really, wives? Yeah. I'm not sure about the wives, but I know that he was doing it to women, you know? Wow. He was doing it to women. Just you rent a restaurant, you're outside. He would have people going out and hunting bitches for him. Holy that's shit. What you gotta, hey, listen, guys. Well, that's knows? a dictator. Yeah, who knows what you do if you're put in that position, you know? I was watching that thing. About, <sighs> what's that crazy fuck from San Francisco that made everybody drink the juice down in Guyana? Oh, Jim Jones. You ever watch that thing yeah. for two hours in biography when you wake up and you can't go back to bed? You had like a fucking Red Bull at the club. And you're watching this. And, you, and this was a, listen, I could see you talking three people. But he had thousands of people that giving him the Social Security checks. That guy was raking and fucking. He had him living in huts. You imagine that? I'm going to give you my money. I'm going to live in the huts with mosquito. No air conditioning. I got to do my own laundry. What the fuck? Yeah. Thousands of people who were just lost. You know, who just wanted a new fucking life. That just, 
That's mind-boggling, man. Well, I mean, what about the Branch Davidians? I mean, they had that place, and then they would leave the compound and go to jobs and come back to the compound. They all Now, lived... are they making a comeback? <laughs> I don't know. No, no. Really? Yeah, yeah, something happened. The son, he fucked Okay, let's find out. Branch chick, Davidians. Yeah, the Branch come Davidians back. could let's... be back. They're working under a new name or something like that there. <clears throat> and you call... Let's see. Comeback. Branch Davidians comeback. Um, I remember, though, when it was... Uh, Wow, they were trying to make a comeback. But this was 2007. Yeah, well, they still got to be trying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long comeback. I remember part of the, the deal, though, the Branch Davidians deal, was that he got to fuck them. That was like part of his game. Well, you know, he's Jesus. He's spreading the seed. He's got to spread the love. And you buy it. You got to sit there and look at your wife and go, go ahead. You okay. know, our lives will be better if he gives you a fucking stabbing. I mean, it's disgusting. I know somebody who lived through that, man. One of those cults, and, I, and she would tell me the stories, and I would sit there and ask, why didn't she sue her parents? In today's world, I would take her parents to fucking court. Right. And go, In today's what world. What the fuck were you people fucking thinking? I mean, they, they tracked down, uh, they tracked down, what, what you, you know, they trapped down fucking people from all these wars that did war crimes. These are war crimes. Listen, if a kid wants to do something, he has to, he has to be an adult. He has to consent. There's no kid that wants to grow up in Indiana in some house with 80 fucking kids where they, they have to eat everything they kill. And they even were drinking blood pudding and shit. So part of the deal was the guy fucks your wife. This family I'm talking about had maybe nine kids. Four of them belonged to the cult leader. So after the cult dissolved, now these people got to eat dinner in the summers. They're all on Facebook jumping up and down. This guy don't look like my fucking brother. You know, what does that do to your fuck? And the parents are sitting there playing the guitars, jumping up and down like, you know, life is beautiful. What the fuck life is beautiful? Four of your kids belong to some cult leader, and your husband is sitting there like a fucking savage. I mean, these are things that are just disgusting. <laughs> this is just disgusting shit. Yeah. They always get to fuck the women. That's part of the deal. That's part of the fucking deal. And the husband's got to sit there playing the guitar, making Kool-Aid. Like some <laughs> fucking jack-off. <laughs> like some fucking jack-off. I mean, I never understood this shit. But... Well, it's amazing when they study cults how the same sort of pattern yeah, plays itself out. Yeah, everybody wants to sling dick, and that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of the 401k. I got to fuck everybody in this motherfucker. It is part of it, right? You it's know, a you... weird thing with men. And they fuck like 17-year-olds on the cusp of being 18. I mean, these guys were having it. These guys should be shot. I heard that that particular guy was still alive in a different state. Who? The the fam the people I'm talking about, that the cult leader that they defunct from. Oh, oh the guy still from... alive, and they're yeah. trying to sue him, and... Oh, I thought you made Crash. Yeah, he <clears throat> killed a few babies. Oh, and shit. God. Yeah, yeah, they're disgusting. After a while. Well, how many minor league cults are there out there that we don't know about? Are there, is there a gang of them? Millions. Are the Moonies still around? Harry Christmas? No, the Moonies. I don't know. The Moonies were like an East Coast thing. I haven't say. even seen the Harry Christmas. Sun Young lately. Moon? I haven't even seen Harry Christmas lately. No? No, with the little head. Nothing. In Boulder, they're there every other week. But not, no, no, I never see him out here. Yeah, they're, uh, it's a nickname, apparently. I thought it was the real name. It's from the Unification Church. Right, yeah, Sun Young Moon and shit. He was yeah. big in the 70s. They can't survive, man. It's the Amish. Who the fuck knows? Let's see, recent use. A 1996 article in The Independent about former Prime Minister Edward Heath gave at a Unification Church-sponsored conference. He admitted the term Mooney has entered the language and meaning a brainwashed, bright-eyed zombie. 2004. Yeah, I guess they're around still, man. Huh. Yeah, wow. The Unification Church. It's got to be harder to do in those things today, though, no? 
Wow. I don't know if you have to get state fucking approval. There's some states that are like allow cults. Well, you know, as far as like religions go, it's a church. Yeah, it's a church. They get like a tax deduction. Yeah, the whole fucking thing. You know, because um, that's what uh, that's what Alex Gray has. That artist, he's got a church. Like he's the one who does all those crazy psychedelic paintings. That guy's got a church. I mean, his, this uh, his whole thing is uh, nonprofit. Like he's been approved by the government. Which is pretty incredible. We could all get approved. You think so? But who wants that fucking creepy feeling? <laughs> I would never want that creepy feeling to think that I was walking on fucking water. Oh. And then you... Bro, all of them have that. They all become that. They, they all become that. I know. There's I'm... no way to look back. They all become that creepy person. Yeah, is there anyone who's ever made a cult where it worked out really good? <laughs> Look them up. I don't know. I mean, Scientology, be... <laughs> Hollywood. Scientology, you know. Well, Scientology works out good for some people. You know, it's worked out really good for Tom Cruise. Works out really good for John Travolta. Works out really good for like the head actor guys and like you know people who are at the head of, I mean, whatever their their group of like top people in Scientology. Works out good for them. Is that a blue cigarette that you're smoking? This is crack. Okay. Did you know that Bloomberg's trying to get rid of those? He should. I don't want to give a fuck. I don't. I don't know what. Why Bloomberg do you say that? Is. Look at Jenny McCarthy. She took over Stephen Dorff. Yeah, I know. She's a new blue cigarette person. I'll see that. They went from black and white to really color, super hot chick. Like black and white, like film noir. Well, I guess they're doing that with this, too. The other one, it's not. Ew, it's so gross. They're, like, being silly with each other. Ha, ha, ha. Let's smoke this. Ha, ha, ha. She couldn't possibly smoke in real life and still be that hot, could she? Oh, she smokes. Really? You could tell she's a smoker. Good googly moogly. Between fucking hummers, you gotta do something with that fucking mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, add some nicotine into those jaws in between fucking. She's beautiful, Jim. Mm, she's she beautiful. Is. She really is. I don't give a Jim. She's still pissed at Jim Carrey. He don't come visit the fucking kids. I'm done fucking you. I'm gonna come see the kids for right, right or wrong. Ooh. Right or wrong. No, she's pissed. Listen, we don't fuck no yeah. more. I gotta come see your kid. When I was eating your ass, I was his best friend. Uh, you know, I ain't eating your ass no more. I'm gonna come over and read him a book. <laughs> fuck you. You know, it's and, the truth. Yeah, it is. It's, it's hard. It's a man thing. To yeah. man up. Now he's going to go have a family. I got to go over there and visit Jenny McCarthy. You know she wants to smoke that pole and talk about Ace Ventura. You know, <laughs> you know Jenny McCarthy. She'll suck your dick. That's a freak. I ain't mad at her. I love Jenny McCarthy. I've been watching her. She's great. Uh, she talk about how amazing you were in Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, she's swallowing your sword. You're petting the cat. You're Everybody's the fucking cat. happy. Get the fuck out of here. I can't ah. go. You know, I can't be around Jenny McCarthy. Once you fuck Jenny McCarthy, can you imagine being around her? Uh, not fucking her? No. Yeah. You're, you're single? Yeah. Not really. I'm Jenny. Cut it out. <laughs> Let's go in that bedroom. I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fucking Ace Venturi into that fucking door there. Oh my god! The you competition know, you, for a woman that hot is off the charts. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's great. She writes fucking books. She's been around. She's done a lot with Playmate thing, dog. She's done a lot with it. You gotta really. This chick was out of Chicago. White chick came out as a comic with the Nerdist on that show. When I moved to L.A., that show was it. It was getting cast by Judy Brown. Stan Hope was on it. The fucking the the the, the uh, Jenny McCarthy show. I read for it. Was that a driver. remote control? No, oh, after the remote new control the sitcom. on MTV. No, on MTV single. they oh, gave her a show. Oh, sing- was she on single now? Yeah. yeah. What was remote control? That wasn't her. Yeah. That was a game show. Oh, uh, that was a different one. Okay, single. That was with her and what's the, the Nerdist. Nerdist? The Nerdist. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, come on now. Jenny McCarthy's a bad bitch, dog. She's been <laughs> around a long time, man. No fucking dirty movies, no nothing. Nobody's got a picture of her sucking a cock. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's got a picture of Jenny McCarthy if on all fours. If they did, it wouldn't hurt her. She would just own it. No, she looks beautiful. She's fucking yeah. hot and fat ass. That used to be a, that would be a deal killer for a woman back in the day. It killed, it almost killed the chick from Miss America. What was the chick? The oh, black yeah. chick, the mixed chick. They call yeah. her eating pussy on all fours. Look at that picture. Look at that name? picture. Look at that picture and what it did in 1984 to her career. And that bitch came out with albums. Bam! <clears throat> Married a Laker. Bam! What's her name again? Vanessa? Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. She was beautiful. Yeah, oh, man. She was fine. Look at the picture of her eating she's, that fucking monkwa. She was on the monkwa. She's on all fours. She's got a fucking oh. nostrils in it. Yeah, that's a very beautiful woman. That's a beautiful woman. You know, now she's 50, she's 40. I mean, you know, I'm talking about when she was 20. She won Miss America and they took the crown from her because somebody fucking developed those pictures. Yeah. On all, on all fours? It was a different world. Now they would, like, encourage that shit. Yeah, now you do that, you get a fucking show on the Kardashians underneath. Yeah, and that way people would pay attention. You know, having something like that. I mean, look at Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. It made them, really. I mean, it made them more popular. And this chick had a ton of fuck. I mean, she put out a music album. Every once in a while, I still put the album on, Running Back to You. Tremendous. She like <laughs> dancing and shit, 1991, 92. She did movies, too, didn't she? She did the movie with Arnold. Oh, shit. Yeah, what was that? What was that movie? Witness. She was a witness relocation plan, and he took her, and she stole the disc from the company. And come on now, yeah, <laughs> man, she made us. And then she was on some other TV show for a while. Wow, that's a badass motherfucker. Damn, that was a long ass time. Yeah, ago. she's been around for a long time, but they killed her with that pussy uh, picture of her eating some poor girl having a good old yum yum time <laughs> in college. Is she out of Texas? I don't know. Look and see if she's out of where she's out of. She's out of somewhere that you it's what? They made her like that. And she's tall, too. Is she? Yeah, she's tall. Vanessa Williams. Vanessa There's Williams. another one, an actress, that was named Vanessa Williams, too, right? Remember that? I don't know. Remember there was two Vanessa Williams for a while? It was fucking confusing as shit. There's Vanessa L. Williams and then Vanessa Williams. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where's she from? Um... She is from Millwood, New York. Where'd she go to college? Texas? I don't know. Something happened in Texas. Something. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. But yeah, she's... Ah, uh, oh, I can't show that one. She's born in... <laughs> she's born in 63, so she's oh, 50. She's 50. Son of a gun. Now I see what you're She's got a couple about. kids. She still works yeah. a lot for ABC shows. She's still beautiful. Uh, Time's a motherfucker, dude. It waits for nobody. Um... Waits for nobody. Oh, there's another Vanessa Williams. Okay, there's hey. a young girl. Named there you go, Vanessa right Williams. there. Look at her. It, look, she's next to this rock, right? In right. The ocean. Off, yeah, mm, right yeah. There. She's like a pumpkin's there. <laughs> she's like, boy, this pumpkin smells fresh. <laughs> look like how big it is. Fresh pumpkin. Yeah, how weird. <laughs> yeah, we can't show that. We, we get in trouble, folks. We can get trouble. Um, yeah, that was. A, it's it's weird when you go back and look at like you ever watch a movie from that era, like. Um, uh, I watched, um, what was that movie where the guy played the video game and the video game taught Starfighter? Remember? That was, yeah. The guy's name was Alex Rogan. I remember that. Because, uh, I'm like, he's got my last name. And he was a, uh, a guy who learned how to, uh, pilot this, this, uh, this spacecraft 
during playing this video game. Was like the, the best at it? No, 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 no. It was like Star... Star... Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter? Last Starfighter? Was that it? Yeah. It was so stupid. Oh, yeah. Was it... What's his name in it? The black dude? And he was just like... Uh, dressed... He looked all weird and creepy. The black guy. Which uh, black guy? The one... It says it stars Lance Guest, Robert P- Preston, K.E. Cuter... See full cast oh, and crew. <laughs> no, last. Just look up the last Starfighter. <laughs> I was thinking of something else. And they're like, hey, this <laughs> this video game guy, right. seemingly doomed to stay in his trailer park home all his life, finds himself recruited as a gunner for an alien defense force. It was so dumb. Remember what was this guy's name? He was the main guy in it, right? Yeah, that was the main guy in it. Who, who was he? Yeah, I thought he was somebody. I think you're thinking of uh, Enemy Mine. That's what it was. And you're thinking of uh, Louis Gossett? Is that who it is? Yes, Louis Gossett yes. Jr.? You're, is that the guy's you're name? You're 100% right. He's the man from, uh, remember that, Officer and a Gentleman? Fuck yeah. That was a great fucking Fuck movie. Yeah. If you haven't that seen was it, you a gotta, great I took me movie. months to watch that. I couldn't get over him because I had a girlfriend that liked that motherfucker, so I hated him. I hated that motherfucker. I went to see American Jiggle and he showed his ass. I lost my <laughs> edge after that. And then he'd come out with Office and the Gentleman. I caught it for, on 178th Street for $5 with Tifa Hearts with wow. Stephen Bauer and the other chick. Wow. That was the first big movie they gave Stephen Bauer after Scarface. And fucking Office and the Gentleman. Where the fuck you been? At an orgy? Listening to Rolling Stones? Bad mouth in your country? He's dropping some knowledge. Then Lou Gossett started busting out old school karate moves and shit. Oh, that's like right. Like Shotokan karate moves. And he would like tell, uh, oh my God, you CSI Miami was in there. That dude that was taking on, remember, he pulled him up there and choked him out. And he tapped That's out and then they right. threw him out of there. Plus the other guy was in that movie. Officer and a Gentleman is deep. Dude, pull, won, up, like, pull up the fight scene from Officer and a Gentleman. There's a couple of them. But when he walks up on him, anybody want to come up here? How about you, Mayonnaise? That's right. Remember, his name was Mayo. But let me tell you what the baddest part of that movie <laughs> is. When you really realize who, who fucking Richard Gere is, is the first scene. When his father comes in and they just had an orgy. His father is played by Frank Lopez from Scarface, fresh off Scarface, and uh, uh, fucking uh, whatever his name is, is combing his hair. And also, his father comes in, he moves over, he takes his dick out, and he's pissing in front of him. He goes, "That was some fucking night, huh?" He goes, "Not like those bitches in Thailand." I mean, he was just. And he goes, "Where are you going?" And he goes, "I got to drop something on you. I'm a fucking officer." And he goes, look at you. You ain't no fucking officer. Remember, he hits the glass and yeah. shit. You ain't no fucking officer. Look at you. And he goes, what's your problem? You might have to salute me someday. Fucking tremendous scene. He walks out. Where you going? Come on. I was only kidding. That's a great fucking movie. That's a though. great movie. That scene in the beginning, that was Frank Lopez. That was, those were, that was Frank Lopez's. I, I think it was after Scarface. So he left Scarface getting shot. You know, they threw him out of his own. There you go. That's when he's trying to, he's telling right him to quit. Right here. They were talking about character. I've changed. I've changed since I've been here. Hell, you have. I've changed, sir. No. You just polished up your ass a little bit. You just shined it up. Now tell me what I want to hear. I want your D-O-R. No, sir. I want your D-O-R. I ain't gonna quit. Spell it. D-O-R. I ain't gonna quit. Yeah, then you can be free and you and your daddy can get drunk and go whole He doesn't know it's D-O-O-R. No, sir. D-O-R. I ain't gonna quit. All right, then you can forget it. You're out. That's the line right here. Right here. I got nowhere else to That's go. It. That's it, dog. I got, I got nowhere else to go. go. 
I can't throw her out the Are you fucking kidding me? That was incredible. That was incredible, dog. I, I forgive him for all his crazy Buddhist bullshit. <laughs> Remember after 9-11, yeah. we need to use love. He got on stage in New York. It was like, we need to use love and love them. Like, ooh, I don't know if that's the right answer. We need to figure out how to stop planes from flying into buildings before we worry about love. People ain't going to be not flying planes into buildings because you're really good an officer and a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... He, remember he he was sell- he was selling belt buckles to fucking those dudes. He and was the dude from CSI Miami comes up to him and goes, "Dog, is it worth you making a couple dollars?" Oh, that's right. Thrown out of here. That's right. He was selling clean he was belt selling buckles. Clean belt buckles. And that's, that's how he got in movie, trouble. Dog. Got in trouble because he was damn. hustling. God yeah. damn! I remember seeing what's his name man. at the store one night. I shook his hand. He's like a big AA guy, you know, Lou Gossett Jr. Is he? He was at the store one night, man, cooler than fuck. I shook his fucking hand. And I said, "Dog, officer and a gentleman, you know, you're a bad dude. You've been, you got a tremendous resume." Do you remember good times? Fuck yeah! I saw the father up there too. Remember we, we oh, were up we there used together to see him all the time. All the time. Man. I used to be a stand-up comic up here. Oh, he was um, he was fucking hilarious, man. John Amos. John Amos. He was, that guy was fun, dude. Good he dude. He was so nice. Good dude. Yeah, very, very fucking nice. Man. He was the first, like, really famous guy that I ever met that I didn't feel weird talking to. No, he like, was. He gave you no judgment. Like, he was just hanging out with you. He was a fan of comedy. He respected it. Oh. So that's the difference. When somebody sits back there and goes, dog, I appreciate what the fuck you do. I tried it for three years, and it wasn't me. I remember the dude from... Badass actor. John Amos. Plumber. Gr- Glenn good, Plumber too. used to always come into the store. Glenn Plumber? Who's that? Black dude that was in uh, the movie with Sean Penn when they did the movie about the gangs in L.A. And then he did a thousand things. I just saw him in fucking Sons of Anarchy. I mean, he's still working. Wow. I saw him at the store. He didn't come up to me and go, dog, what you do? And I'm going, really? You don't want to do it? I remember hosting at the store, bringing him up. And I'm going, dog, please don't embarrass me. I go, you've done movies with fucking Andy Garcia. He's into things to do in Denver when you're dead. Oh, that scene, the two black dudes. It's him, oh. Cheadle, and the dude from fucking. Uh, oh, this guy. Colors. Yes. Colors. Colors. Oh, dude. Colors. Yeah, he used to come to the store all the time. That guy's excellent. Yeah, he just got shot on Sons of Anarchy the last two seasons or something like that. It's amazing. John Amos see. was the first guy that uh, that ever gave me a compliment too. That I, that was like famous, like the first guy that I ever talked to, like that told me they had a good time at my at a show. That he was, was in the back of the yeah, store, all the time, having a great time, man. And we come up to you and talk to you about yeah, bits, man. Joey. I loved when you did this bit. Yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah, the way was... you did that. No, you remember, was... I used to have that tiger fucking bit. Yeah, yeah. He came he up to me that. one night after the show, and he goes. You're so free up there, man. He goes, it's, you're so free. And anyway, I, I had to figure out how to do that bit right. And one of the ways that I learned how to do that bit right was like, you know, do it different ways. And he kind of explained to me like what was good about it. He, he like, cause he's such a great actor, like even in good times, like, like he you watch that show. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. He, he was, was in, in roots. roots. That's bro. right. He got his foot chopped off, remember? Yes, he was in Roots. He, he was so good as an actor, like even in like a sitcom, it's like he had these powerful fucking moments, right? <laughs> so when he told me, it's like, you know, like, you're so, fr- it's so free up there when you're doing that. You're so free. He goes, you're not thinking about shit. He's like, you, you're like thinking like that tiger. And I realized like, that's really the way to do it. You got to actually almost pretend you're a tiger. Like think like that thing thinks. And that's the, really, the way it worked. That's the I kind of figured it out because of him. Because of him talking to me about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's it. 
And it was it made me so confident because he because he said that. You know, I'm like, Jesus, John Amos said that? It's got to be right. It's like, this is 100%. Like, that's the guy from Roots. That's the guy from Good Times. That's John Amos. Captain or Coming to America. Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was incredible. Stay off the drugs. Yes. Oh, oh that's I incredible. I watched Omit the Logic again the other night. Oh, the Richard Pryor documentary? Did you watch it yet? Dude, that makes me nervous. You gotta watch when he goes to the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> when he goes to the Hollywood Bowl and goes off, it's amazing for some gay foundation, the people. But you know, man, what did he do? He went to the Hollywood Bowl for this pack thing, all star lineup, Bette Midler to support gay people, and he got on out there. He goes, "Where the fuck were you when you had Burning Watts? You could kiss my rich black ass." Fuck Whoa. you. And he got off, and the host got on. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, my God. And they're booing him, and the next day it was in Variety and shit. Really? And how they gave him all of his dough, and they took it back. He made Jim Brown the president of his company. <laughs> how much blow are you doing? Well, he was doing a lot of things with Jim Brown. Jim Brown, so... Jim Brown was in his act, remember? Very, like, Jim telling him to get off cocaine? Very interesting. Oh, and yeah, you know what, man? It makes you scared because you know that there's parts that that relate. We're obsession in other ways. You know uh -huh. what they are. We're obsessed in other ways. That whatever. That doesn't have to be cocaine and weapons, bro. He was married seven times, Joe. <laughs> well, what about the time when he went upstairs with the bitch and the guy goes the next morning he knocked on my door? I go, Richard, what are you doing? He goes, I gotta get a divorce. <laughs> you know, it was just crazy. That's, that's crazy shit. Uh -huh. But that's what people don't know is when you're in that zone. And you're at the comedy store, and the Chinese guys are giving you drinks in the back. I can't even imagine. I couldn't be in them. I couldn't imagine being there when Kennison was there with Lemmy Clark, and there's 18 hitters in the back, and everybody's yeah. drinking. And Mitchie Shaw. And I know we always talk about this, but we got to show the mental side of comedy, bro. You got to be a savage. There's a part of you that, after a certain level, you have to become a savage. You really do, man. I'm a savage, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, there's no way around it. If you don't do it, you won't survive. Like the the very thing that you need to become a, a a real comic, it's like you have to have this freedom. You have to have a freedom of thinking. You have this ability to go to these dark places, and we we learn that from that fucking crazy haunted house. <laughs> no, I had it that's before. a big part. You you did a little, but you learned it there. You learned oh, it there. I learned how to. You talk changed. About it. Listen, man. I remember being sixteen and going home. You were a junior in high school. I wasn't sleeping. I mean, at this time, there was no sleep happening. I just wasn't sleeping. I well, you were doing coke? I was doing coke by myself. By yourself? I would go home and listen to Master Reality by Black Sabbath, which is <laughs> Into the Void and people and popes hanging on a rope. And I would put do the coke, and I'd probably do a little hit of mescaline, too, or something to get me going. And I'd sit in that fucking corner. I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't do nothing. And I'd just go do this. Look, I'd rock like a fucking retard. Back and forth. I still remember that shit. Wow. And I'd be like, Jesus Christ, this is my life. I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Listen <laughs> to this shit. <laughs> you know? How many days can you stay up for before you start going crazy? There's a number, right? Three. Three? How many days have you ever done it? Coke? How many days have you stayed up? I've never done that. You never stayed up? No, I never did that. I still went to bed. How many I days did, have you stayed uh, up? One time, I stayed up. Three nights, uh, oh Friday, God. Saturday, and by Saturday night, I kept calling the police. <laughs> right, I kept calling the police, telling them that there was somebody in my house. Right, <laughs> and they kept. This is when I was house sitting on Far Away Road in Snowmass Village. Wow. Okay, and I'm up there, and my, me and my girlfriend were going off. Listen to this, me and my girlfriend at the time 
are going to her brother's wedding, and I'm going to meet her parents for the first time. And I went to New York, and I got two ounces of blow, and I gave one to an electrician buddy of mine. And I said, hold an ounce of this. I'm going to pick it up the night before I go to fucking this wedding. And I get there by 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. I pick up the ounce. I go home. About 1 o'clock, the motherfucker's calling me. Wow. I do a line. I do another one. I'm, Let me tell you how bad it got. The dog I had at the time, Hercules, was probably a year old. I loved him. I didn't let him out of the house the whole weekend. He held that piss like a soldier. Do you what? understand me? I didn't let For him out. For a whole weekend, he whole held weekend. his piss? I wouldn't let him out. This is how crazy is I was. Is that possible? Who the fuck cares? He didn't piss. I kept looking at him every time he cried. <laughs> That's it. You ain't going out. And I had no porn. Right, so I whacked off to what's the movie with the lady in red? Vanessa Redgrave. The lady in red, the chick that was married to Steve Seagal. You fuck. Oh, what is her name? <laughs> Michelle LeBrock. Le- Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. And, and, and Kelly LeBrock and woman in red shows her pussy <gasps> for a slip second. No. Uh, yes, she does. When, <laughs> when Gene Wilder calls for her, when okay. Gene Wilder calls That's for her. She runs off to bed, and they show her bush. I figured out with the VCR how to lock it on her fucking bush, <laughs> and I'd sit there with my dick in my belly button, and I'd whack it off, and then I'd hear her, something happen, and I'd call the cops. And after the third time, they sat me down. They're like, listen, you got to stop doing cocaine. I had the cocaine hidden in the sink, so if somebody happened, I'd lift the water and hit the compressor button. But there's one tiny minute in, in Lady in Red, where she shows her fucking pussy. She shows her red hot panties, right? That's the idea? No, she uh, gets up right. off the bed. It says, lets her dress fly and shows her red hot panties. No, it's when Gene Wilder comes calling for her. <laughs> and she gets up and shows that little bush. Oh, that drove me fucking crazy. I sat there. She, she reminded me of an old girlfriend in high school. She was beautiful. My God. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder and her were in a movie together naked. That's what I'm saying. What do you think I'm talking that's about? Crazy. Yes. That's I know. I know what you're saying, but Lady I'm like, that's red. crazy. Lady in red. That's Lady. what it was called. Lady, woman in red. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, woman in red. <laughs> she was in Steven Seagal movies too, right? She was in. She was in uh, Back for More, whatever. Like <laughs> Back for More. <laughs> <laughs> she started. He started beating her. Remember. I don't know. Yeah, he that. started beating her and put. Remember, she was an acupuncturist. Is that true? Yeah, he was her acupuncturist. And one day he just started beating. He said, "Fuck the needle." What? So <laughs> <laughs> you making shit up, man? No, he did beat her. He did something to her. She's pissed. She was on Celebrity Rehab, one of those Celebrity Losing Weight show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm telling you guys, why? Come on now. Here, yeah, she's she's when hot she, now. I think Steve Seagal's third movie was with her. Yeah. Back in danger, whatever the fuck, with the kid. They shot the kid and him with the there wife, she. and then he went to the ranch. She. Mm. Yeah, she. No, Whoa. She, <laughs> yeah, she gained the weight. Yeah, Steven Seagal. Stress, fuck. man. A lot of goddamn stress. She moved to a fucking ranch and started eating potato chips. There was no stress. <laughs> with that Steven Seagal money, she saw what he made on one of those fucking movies. Steven Seagal <laughs> was getting paid, dog, for a while. He was a big megastar. You know? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Look at yeah, him. when he was doing like Above the Law and all those movies. Above the Law is yeah. a good movie. Don't ever get confused. Good fucking movie. They would have never gave him the other eight if Above the Law. In the beginning, when he's doing the class with the Aikido dude. Oh yeah. That's how the movie starts. Yeah. When he goes to that bar and starts bit slapping people with that fucking straight arm to the neck, that was tremendous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then he started killing Jamaicans. What was the movie with the fucking Jamaicans and shit? <laughs> I see that black dude in auditions and shit. I want to shake his hand. What's the move with the Jamaicans when he went to the mall Let's with the Colombians it. and the Santeria? Fucking tremendous, that movie. 
That what was, was that movie? That was Back for More 2. <laughs> back for More 2. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, what is his uh, Wikipedia? We need to find out what the fuck that movie is. He's Mark still banging out Mark movies. Mark for Death. Mark for Death. That's a good one. How many movies do you think he's done? Take a guess. Steven Seagal? Yeah. 62. 67. I bet he's done. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, he did stunts <clears throat> in some earlier movies, man. Never Say Never Again. Is that a James Bond movie? Yeah. He was a martial arts instructor in that. Yeah. View to a Kill. And then Above the Law was like 88. Yeah, that was his first movie. Damn, this motherfucker's done a lot When I of kidnapped movies. that dude and the cops were looking for me, I hit out with Above the Law and Lethal Weapon. And I fucking watched them over and over. And I was blown away by Above the Law. I really was. I was blown away. Look at this. The Jamaicans. What was his name? What was the, Quiz, what was the fucking black? One eye? Glass eye? What was the Jamaican's name? Remember, remember he killed the brother and then the brother popped up? Well, you know. Oh, he had a glass eye, right? Something. Something weird. His fight scenes in these early movies were like the first realistic fight scenes in a movie. Where dude was like slapping guys' arms down and, and fucking knuckling them in the face. It wasn't like these giant. Bam! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like more like that. It wasn't like. It's, it was the first time we ever saw Aikido, but it was also, it wasn't like like a giant flying split kick where he kicks two dudes yeah, at the same time. Yeah, there it was go. it he was more his... brutal than we had ever seen in movies before. Like as far as like karate scenes, it seemed more brutal and more realistic. I never saw a Steven Seagal movie in a black movie theater, but it must be real. <laughs> they go f- and they cheer for white people. <laughs> black people don't cheer for black people in movie theaters. They cheer for white people smacking the fuck. I saw Rambo really? too. I saw the second Rambo on 178th Street in Harlem. It was one of the funniest things I had ever. When, I, to this day, I always say it. When he fucking comes and when he opens his eyes in the mud, remember that scene when he opens his eyes yes. in the mud? He stands the German guy. Yes. Black people went fucking bananas, dog. But Bana- I'd never seen nothing like that. I no. can't even imagine a Steven Seagal movie on 178th Street. <laughs> back in the day, back in we the missed day. the window. The window was in like right, right about above the law. If you got in at above the law in the 1980s and went to Harlem and watched Above the Law, I bet it would be one of the most incredible experiences of your life. You'd laugh tiger. your ass off. I well, show. I saw Planet of the Fucking Apes in Philly. And Me crazy. and Tommy Jr. and his girl, we went to uh, a, a theater in the middle of Philly, and. This was like uh, when the UFC had uh, fights in Philly, and we got there like a day early. We played pool, and we got we got so high we were terrified of our own shadow. And then we went to this black neighborhood. It was the only way, place that they had that we didn't even know. We didn't know it was like an urban neighborhood until we got there. But once we were in the theater, we were like, "Oh my god, we're the only white people here." There was like maybe like three other white people. We found each other. We huddled together, and then we went to the movie theater. But when we got in there, it was hilarious, man. Hilarious. Like, there's dudes who are artists at yelling shit out. There's du- dudes who are they artists. Do they do it. Perfectly. Oh, do you it. fucked up now. Yeah, they. they f- oh. Like I don't like it for the most part. Like, it, like it's got to be funny. Most people are bad at it. It's yeah. got to be funny. If it's funny, it's brilliant. Yeah, and some dudes try too hard. The worst is when there's a funny dude and his not funny friend is like fucking really loud. He tries too hard. Like one dude will say some funny shit, and then his other friends will chime in and try to like top him, and they can't. They don't know. They don't know they're not funny yet. I saw a Clint Eastwood marathon in San Francisco on the Tenderloin <laughs> when Clint Eastwood tells the guy to pick up the gun. The and the black guy yelled from the back, shoot that black motherfucker. The place <laughs> went down. <laughs> he just said, shoot that black motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 
when the when the they Planet of the Apes. White people, it's amazing. Did you see Planet of the Apes, the no, new one? No, no, no. You didn't see it. No. It's fucking good, Joey. It's fucking good. I can't. I enjoyed I it. Can't. I know you wouldn't go see the mechanic. You wouldn't go see the. Was it Jason Statham? It was Jason Statham? Yeah, was the mechanic? You, you wouldn't go see that out of, out of respect for I Charles Bronson. But when it was on television, I caught the first ten minutes of it on Showtime, and I was correct. You're correct. They they blew it. They blew well. It. It wasn't as good, but let me tell you something. That dude who played the bad guy, the dude who played his apprentice, that motherfucker is wicked. He was in that stupid vampire movie, 30 Days of Night. Did you ever see that movie? No. Good fucking movie. He ain't no Jam Michael Vincent in 1973. You're right. Jam Michael, throw pics of Jam Michael in 1973. He was, he was taking his dick out on Wilshire Boulevard, and they would line up the sunset to suck that blonde <laughs> head. Especially after the movie he did, not Baby Blue Marine. Come on now. And then they put him with the ugliest man in Hollywood, Charles Bronson. And he went crazy, right? He went yeah, crazy. Yeah, he looks like a fucking truck hit him. He went nutty. Yeah, poor guy. He was in Malibu eating pills, drinking cocktails, telling people he's a pilot. That's they say that that's the place to go if you want to eat pills. If you want to be like a rich old person that eats pills, Malibu's your spot. Like everyone in Malibu's like, <laughs> you know, there's like a, a bunch of refugees from Hollywood that are older and just chewing pills now. Like littered in between people who like to jog and ride bikes. There's like just people staring at the ocean, just popping pills all day. You know what the worst thing about those pills are? What? How long they stay in your system and how you don't feel it while you're eating those things. Not till you get off those things. Like when you get a prescription, you get a knee surgery, I feel bad. Because America doesn't really know this. You didn't eat your Vicodins after your surgeries. No, I don't like that stuff. You'd rather take a, a leave because you know. You know what it does to you. It destroys your system. It eats apart your fucking stomach lining. You got to eat tons of fucking yoga with them. Pills are a slow fucking death in this country. Mm. And people have no idea. I didn't, but I was never really an opiate guy. I ate some volumes. I snorted some coke to get the dick going. You know, you ate some gorilla <laughs> biscuits. But there's people who eat those. I, like that thing you always talk about, that Florida road. That yeah. documentary about Florida. The Oxycontin Express. You no fucking idea. You, I told you, dog. I did a 16th one time. My blood pressure went up. I had to lay down. Those things are a different. That synthetic heroin ain't the best thing in the world for you. You might as well pull it off the street and do a little bump. Synthetic heroin is made not to fucking addict you, but to fucking destroy you. You know, it's like cocaine. It's like now. I go to places. I enjoy, Listen, I really enjoy getting high, uh, Red Band. I really do. But guess what? When you show up with a fucking dab and a pipe and a fucking torch and shit like that, it's time for you to stop. Why does everybody always want to make crack out of everything? Oh, I know. First they did it to coke. You just couldn't snort coke no more. Now I got to mix it with gasoline and fucking toenails, put it in a jar with paint, and and, and smoke (laughs) it. No, no, no. That's not strong enough. Well, that's what people are always doing. It's just amazing. If you blow him, he wants to stick it in your ass. Now, yeah, well, you got a good point there, at least a finger. But now, (laughs) you know, they got so much fucking weed stuff coming at you. And it's great, but I still like rolling a fucking joint. Like I'm yeah, done. Yeah. I still like rolling a joint. Right. I like. Done. You know what I like about rolling a joint, man? I like the 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 like the, the karma, the energy. It's the, the whole energy of it. It's like the you try um, the paper. I, I wanted to say the celebration of it, but it's not the celebration. The ritual. That's the what ritual. I wanted. I was it's looking for. I like the ritual of like here we go. Like I'm preparing for it. I'm getting it rolled up. Let's smoke some right now. In Florida, um, this is the craziest statistic ever. We've read it before, but if you haven't heard that podcast. Florida prescribes 10 times more oxycodone pills than every other state in the country combined. <laughs> They're fucking eating Damn. Down there. That's a scary, scary thing scary. That, that, that those pills have like taken over so strongly. Add the blow in there. 
add the blow concept to this now. So oh, Florida's got, like so, so medicated. You got Oxycontins everywhere now. You're adding blow to that shit. Too. Wouldn't it be cool if they had an app to show where people are sober? If like your your app, like if you hold your phone, it tells you if you're on heroin, and just they you look. I got a map. Like we were looking at that porn map, all the right. cream pies and all that shit. Find out how what, what percentage of Florida is not on pain pills right now. Ready, go. We are not hip enough, but I guarantee that we're three years behind. That there is somebody right now moving kilos of cocaine online through UPS or whatever one of those systems, and nobody even knows. And a delivery system. Well, you know about Silk Road. Have you heard about Silk Road? I don't know Road? nothing about nothing, but I'm just saying that there's got to be somebody selling coke on Twitter. Well, there was an article about it. Um, there was an article about a website that somehow or another is able to transact illicit deals and people send poop senders. Yeah, if you want to buy any poop, they got gorilla poop, turkey, cow poop, elephant crap, gorilla poop. Why poop. would anybody want to buy poop? What? Look up, skin. see if there's a, uh, what is that Silk Road thing? That's that's oh, the thing that everybody are talking, oh, you can't yeah. look it up. Well, yeah, you shouldn't talk about it? it? Well, yeah, you shouldn't. Don't talk about it. Know. Whatever, it's too late. It's People know about it, the government knows about it. It's all over the news. Bedbathandbeyond.com. Yeah. Something like that, but there, um, there's ways that people are doing it where they're they're figuring out how to. But I mean, how long are they going to be able to do that? And then what happens if somehow in the future, you know, they can go back retroactively and like look up the database of who bought heroin or whatever through this fucking crazy uh, website? Would you sign on as Joe Rogan? Of, of course. No, you would, would not. Believe me. No, you would not. So <laughs> anybody who's going to buy heroin online is going to be a little crafty. If they you you're going to hide your name. It's Maybe like if I'm you're going to be a commenter you know, on YouTube, you're not going to go on there as Joey Diaz and say crazy shit about no, Taylor Swift. If, if, if you got a, if you have a, if you have a, a Mac and you know you have a, a, you know, I think you're controlling your heroin use. You could quick a fucking switch, and 20 minutes later, some guy delivers it to your door. That you know, you know them. But this is the new way. You don't even have to yeah, call no more. It seems like once there's a des- desire for something, it's impossible to stop people from figuring out a way to get it to people. Especially if it's illegal. And it only makes sense that they'd be using the internet, right? It's brilliant. It is brilliant. It's brilliant. There's no way else. I mean, it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's not like anybody's going to hide that shit. (laughs) Speaking of hiding that shit, listen to this. There was a dude in China that got arrested. He, uh, He went to jail... And because he convinced a girl that she, her vagina was haunted and that he had to get rid of the ghost with his penis. Uh. So they arrested him for this. They, they arrested him after he claimed that he could get rid of it. The paranormal enthusiast allegedly charged $3,250 to perform the sexorcism. What a brilliant man. Come on, man. That dude is a pimp, and you're hating. You're hating on that guy. I give that guy the key to the city, <laughs> dog. That's a fucking... You talk a woman at the town, there's a ghost and a monkey, you're a fucking genius. Not and you got to solve it with your cock. And she's got to give him money. That's, That's a great genius. idea. It's a brilliant... Not even fuck up, but give him money to... I want to see what this girl looked like. There's got to be a picture of this dummy. Not so far. I don't really want to see her picture. I'll be sad. Poor gal. <laughs> His name was Huang Jianhuan. Brilliant. Huang H U A N G G I A N. Got A's in grammar school, dog. He was that little Chinese dude in the back that got fucking A's. And everybody threw fucking paper clips at. Look, he's a gangster. And, look at him. and now he's getting his dick sucked and getting paid. Oh, that really is funny, man. 
That is classic. That's classic type shit. Explained the ghosts in her vagina were preventing her boss from falling in love with her. Oh my God. Check this. The <laughs> so she must have come to him and said, I want my boss to fall in love with me. And so, so she was a conniver, man. So he convinced her because the ghosts in her vagina were pre preventing her boss from falling in love with her. Holy shit. A ghost that he could easily catch with his penis. <laughs> How could you fucking arrest that guy? Come on, man. Because they don't have high five there? That's rude. Arresting this guy for that is rude. You should be able to go to, go to court and you say, well, Your Honor, what I told her was that her vagina was haunted. And uh, the only way she's going to be able to steal her boss away from his wife is uh, if uh, she let me fuck her and catch the ghost with my dick. Get the fuck out of my court. <laughs> You'd be like, get your lunchbox and get the fuck out. You wanted to sue him for what? You cr you you thought that was true? You thought really he was gonna get the the ghost out with his dick? Get the fuck out! How of How can my you car. call the cops and tell them this shit? With a straight face. <laughs> Listen, I gotta arrest a guy. He stuck his dick in my fucking whatever. And told me I had a ghost in there. Okay, he fucking totally lied to me. And he I guess it's the money. It was the three thousand two hundred fifty bucks that they had a problem with. Right but meanwhile, how can they prove it? He, she probably wrote a check. Oh, how can they prove it? How can they prove that he didn't get the ghost out? Smell it. Um, ectoplasm. Smell it. Smell it. <laughs> <laughs> See if it smells haunted. Smell it. If it smells like a shoe. Was, it could be a rigged thing. game, though. She waits right till you start, and she farts right in your face. No, nah, they can't like, fart. It's a fucking crazy world out there, though. You can talk people into anything. Well, you, you can, can definitely talk, talk some people into, into almost anything. anything. Into anything. <laughs> go, to a farmer's, go to a farmer's market on Sunday. Just pick somebody. <laughs> Any of those like, Laurel Canyon farmer's uh, market. Just stay in the back. There's always more Go to fun. Burning Man. Oh, they got the hat on, the whole fucking thing. How many, people, how many people do you think you'd talk into joining a cult if you went to Burning Man? Three. <laughs> You, you can have three. Have you can walk out of there with them in a leash. I got to have a plan. I got to have a plan where they take them, you know, why the reason why they have to suck your dick, the drink from the anointing of the sick, the whole thing. They got to, you know, you got you to gotta have a plan. You just can't go to Burning Man and drop knowledge on bitches. You got to have a plan. Well, you have to have a little bit of a plan, but then from there you can make it up as you go along. And, it, and it's tremendous because you could get a soldier and then his girlfriend and then his girlfriend, and you recruit two chicks and some other fucking momo, and you're off and running. Some, one of those idiots is a trust fund, baby. Right, at so least you could one. talk, listen, so what can you get from your dad? Well, he's such a pig. You know, he makes condoms and cigarettes, and he sells them he's to little banker. Chinese he's kids. He's a banker. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. I could probably get 10000 Okay, get 10000 and uh, we'll get Yeah, I wonder how many of those people, like, pretend please, to be kidnapped please, so that their dad yeah. has to send money. Bro, I lived in Boulder, and I remember kids coming to me and going, listen, give me a week. I gotta come up with seventy five hundred for my. I, I remember them saying they'd work their dads, the, and then they'd walk around poor, telling people they're poor. And my God, this is so hard living in Boulder. Meanwhile, they're driving a fucking Volvo with an airbag, the whole fucking deal. Well, I know a dude is really rich who drives like beat up cars because he grew up rich. Yeah. And he like he like has a pickup truck, so he drives a pickup truck on purpose. Like he wants to think no, that he's like a, a country guy. Yeah. What do you well, mean? you know, I'm just trying to make it in this here big city. I mean, he's been, been a millionaire since he was like real, a baby. That's the people you gotta be scared of. Those are the people you gotta be scared of. Well, I think someone growing up in that kind of environment, if you if you grew up with like. I mean, name the name. Super rich, multi-billionaire parents 
living on yachts and you know flying away to boarding school like your your reality is so bizarre like your reality of like the potential of your future if you grow up and your parents are weapons manufacturers and your parents have an island off of Greece and you know and the dad flies out there in a G5 and they they're selling machine guns to Saudi Arabia and like, you do breakfast at the president's house <laughs> you do breakfast at fucking Clinton's and you shoot your guns with Clinton and Bush comes over and he brings somebody <sighs> tied up and you shoot him Bro, that's you know, I, <laughs> I can't even fucking imagine. I can't even fathom that, you know, being that. But just think of what. Yeah, you're right. You're well, right. I've been there, Joey Diaz. I know you have. Bohemian Grove. <laughs> I filmed them worshiping Moloch the Owl God. Have you seen that video that he did? <laughs> no. He did a video of him live from Bohemian Grove. It was like Alex Jones' one of his first videos. They really do. He's right. They really do have like a ritual that they do there. If you find it online, I guarantee it's up there. Alex Jones, live in Bohemian Grove. They, they, they find, he goes there, and these dudes, they're in front of this gigantic stone owl, and they have these sticks, and they say they're going to burn these sticks like it's an effigy. I guess the idea behind that is that the sticks are supposed to represent a sacrifice, and in the old days, they actually used to take a person and light them on fire. This is Alex Jones. He's much younger. I was there, ladies and gentlemen, hiding in the bushes, watching this satanic ritual take place with your tax dollars. And these dudes w put on robes, and they go out there with torches. That's that's eyes wide shut. That's the yeah. same shit. Don't 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 fuck with the music or the sound, rather. What's this? Now come on, this is crazy. This is fucking beyond crazy because this is real. So I mean, this is no wonder Alex Jones is so crazy. If you went there live and you saw this, you would believe that anything is possible. If there's some dude to have a bundle of sticks, and is there a woman that they're pretending that they're going to sacrifice? Is that the idea? Is there a woman who's like tied up there? I wish I knew the whole story. See, it looks like they got like a person that they're going to pretend to sacrifice, then they burn these sticks. <sighs> and it's like, what? Like, just, just knowing that that's real. This is in Texas? I don't know. Seems like, it, seems like it would be. Let's look it up. Bohemian Grove. Hold on, listen to the soundtrack. This is amazing. This is the soundtrack of death right here. Listen to this. <laughs> no, it's in, in California. California. <laughs> Oh my god. Wow, that it makes sounded sense. so southern though. Like you're like Did it? It sounded you know Where'd this happen? Tell me where this happened so I can avoid this fucking neighborhood. Where'd this happen? <clears throat> past Visalia, right? Somewhere in northern California. Yeah, this is past Visalia before San Francisco. You'll kill it, kill it. You pull <laughs> over for a taco, they're done. Alex Jones of Bohemian Grove, live famous footage. This is what tuned me in to the Illuminati, ladies and gentlemen. There was a a dark time before that where they hid in the shadows. Wow. This is real. That's so strange. I mean, even if it's just for a goof, if people go, oh, you're just misconstruing what's going on there. The, 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 the idea is just for fun. Who, what kind of an asshole stands around in a robe waiting for all this stupid shit to take place? Like, this is taking place for over, like, 15, 20 minutes, and they're all in orderly line. Like, waiting on this, in this very weird ritual. Like, who would want to participate in this? So, the idea is that uh, there's a Washington Post article about it. If they had better so. music, it would be cool. <laughs> I mean, like, look at that. There's a bunch of fire and people dressed up and smoke. But there's not even moving. It's not like they're dancing. 
Right. Like, what if they had great music and they're just standing still? See, that's, not, that's so much better. <laughs> that's going to get us pulled from YouTube. <laughs> You fuck the no. digital signatures, goddammit. I, I scrambled the learn? signal, didn't you hear it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's an article here in the Washington Post about this Bohemian Grove thing. And uh, these guys are standing around, these gigantic redwood trees and shit, and they're all these, like, really super rich guys. It says, two future U.S. presidents, Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon, are pictured with Harvey Hancock, not to be confused with Herbie Hancock, or Herbie, was that the guy, the love bug? No. What? Herbie Hancock was the uh, musician, right? Harvey Hancock standing and others at the Bohemian Grove in the summer of 1967. Wow. This is amazing. Ronald the, Reagan and Richard Nixon. Check this out. Nixon said in his Watergate tapes, he said, if I were to choose the speech that gave me the most pleasure and satisfaction in my political career, it would be the lakeside speech at the Bohemian Grove in 1967. Because this speech traditionally was off the record and received no publicity at the time. Uh, but then he said that the Bohemian Grove that I attended from time to time, the Easterners and the others came there, and it became the most faggy goddamn thing I've ever you could ever imagine. Richard Nixon. <laughs> Nixon said that? <laughs> yeah. That San Francisco crowd that goes there, it's just terrible. I mean, I won't shake hands with anybody from San Francisco. <laughs> Nixon said that? Yeah. Nixon was just a terrible human being. <laughs> Look at this picture of uh, and this, uh, this photo. Of um, Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon talking to this or this guy, it's really strange. Like they really do have a place where like these old rich elite guys get together and and sit down and and talk about shit. Like they really did have places like that where they would meet up in these special locations. Like that's that idea has always been like this wacky conspiracy theory thing that the elites get together and they meet and they wear robes, but no, they fucking really do. Like, look at that. Look, they're hanging around in the forest, and, and Nixon and Ronald Reagan are there with their, their dinner jackets on. Colonel Sanders and a couple other people. It looks like John Wayne in the far the lower right, doesn't it? Yeah. It looks like a little John Wayne-ish. Bunch of weird old dudes. It's so strange. We're only, it's going to be like... fucking black dude. Not one, of course not. It's going to be like long after these guys are gone. Like long, I mean, obviously Reagan and Nixon are both gone now, but I mean, like long, long after anybody who's alive now in the future, we're going to have like a, just a sort of a whisper of what happened there. Right. You know, well, somebody's going to find the letter. There's got to be proof, a picture, a photograph, of something. something. Somebody's going to write some crazy yeah, shit you know, down. Who that chick was in that picture in 1957. She was never seen after that. Night. Tucked away in an attic somewhere. Yeah. It'll all be hearsay. 2,700-acre compound. Two thousand, excuse me. It's 2,700-acre compound in Monte Rio, California, for two weeks of heavy drinking, super-secret talks, druid worship. The group insists that they are simply revering the Redwoods and other rituals. Their purpose? To escape the frontier culture or uncivilized interests of common man. Wow. This is the fucking Washington Post who wrote this. The people that gather at Bohemian Grove, who have included prominent business leaders, former U.S. presidents, musicians, and oil barons, are told that weaving spiders come not here, meaning that business deals are to be left outside. One exception was in 1942 when planning for the Manhattan Project took place at the Grove, leading to the creation of the atomic bomb. God damn! Joey Diaz, 
uh, answer me this truthfully, how hard did that edible kick in about 15 minutes ago? <laughs> I have no idea. He thinks you're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. He got to a certain point where I saw him check out. <laughs> I saw his eyes roll back, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's no, there. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Go. I've been good all Is day. Is it a Chibachu? Did Chibachu yeah, take you deep, to deep waters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the uh, 70 what? what 70 milligrams of the pain. I took oh pop God. couple of those. 70 milligrams. What is a normal dose? It's like 10? 20, 30. 70? <laughs> 70 is nothing. It's 175 is the Deca. 175. That's 175, the one that makes people fucking cringe. That's scary, right? That's, that's a scary, scary one. Yeah, that's a whole... That's too scary. Nervous. That's a little too real. You're making me nervous. Life becomes too real. I saw that movie trailer that was pulled that you were in. Yeah, that yeah. It looked that, really good, actually. Yeah, they pulled everything. You had a great line in it. What movie pulled trailer? fucking everything, dog. I'm not going to say what it is. What are you talking about? Joey Diaz in this picture. No, what are you? No, what are you talking about from movie deal? Some movie trailer shit that they put up. What is it? Took it down. They're a movie. Why they take it down? I have no idea. Warner Brothers took it down. But they put it up. Somebody else put it up. I don't know. It was a leaked uh, trailer. Oh, how do you leak a trailer? Uh, somebody that's paid to edit it gets paid ten dollars an hour, and he just puts it online or something like that. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing! So he made his own trailer. It's amazing how well, people... no, he gets paid to do it. And he's probably at home sitting in Burbank doing so it. So you know? I, I got the story. It's something fucking unique. When like the high level people who rob those movies, they don't rob the movie from the movie theater with the camera no more. No, they rob them. They tap into Warner Brothers or Fox, they or Sony. They tap in like the week before the movie gets released. Or a month before it gets released, they take the movie out. It's backwards. It travels backwards. They have to unwind it, whatever. <laughs> Boom! Back in business. Is that they what got, they do? So they, they, no, they break the into the FTP sites? The, the movie is out before the movie's out. Yeah. The movies in this country come out three days before you go see them on Friday. Some of them do. If you go into any big market, Detroit, New York, with fucking this badass motherfuckers, Tuesday, you could get you could get whatever movie you want, even though the movie's not coming out till Friday. Do you remember when you used to be able to buy them on the street, and they yeah. were these VHS That's tapes how I Pop that Fiction. had a, they had a cover that was a uh, copy of the real cover, and it was like obviously like a printer piece of you know like a, a common computer printer copy. I made good, maybe allegedly made great money selling uh, Pulp Fiction uh, bootlegs on campus. You know, I've never, I've never bought a fucking illegal film. I was always scared to stop for those things. I don't know why. <laughs> Especially in New York City, I was always, just don't stop. Yeah, it's a sketch. Just, just eliminate the whole fucking problem. You know? There's a lot of times I bought them yeah. and they were empty. There was I nothing heard, there. I, I, I knew guys you know? in the 70s that were taking boxes like Crazy Eddie and putting fucking bricks in them and wrapping them at home. And, and they're in the corner, and all of a sudden you pull up and you're like, what do you got? And they're like, speakers, $50, they're 200 of the thing. You're not going to unwrap them. They're wrapped. You're going to put them in your car. You go home, you get two fucking bricks. Yeah, that was real common. The, the pulling up yeah. and asking if you want to buy some stereo yeah, equipment. Stereo, fuck hey, we you. had some extras. Yeah, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. Go keep driving. You know, they had that crazy Eddie story. That was brilliant. That's a weird thing about urban environments, isn't it? Yeah. When you're in you, cities. Like yeah. people are always, there's always a scam that's getting run. But I knew there was one point where the scam went sour. There was one point where I heard, you, you hear shit that people are selling thermoses and the glasses broke, you know, you, and then you just say, fuck it. Why even start going, I, I might get a great deal or I might get bullshit and then I got to go back looking for the fucking guy the next day for $8. Is it really worth the aggravation, you know? Yeah. But I remember going back to New York in 94 after I got divorced and a friend of mine goes, uh, I, I got a job selling cars. I need it. And he goes, how much money? I got, I got about 600 bucks. He took me to a building, bro. 
He took me to a building in Harlem that the top two floors were like going into the gap. Wow. And the, the original clothes were on there with the original prices, and it was like 75% off, and you got it. So I remember for like 600 getting three suits and a pair of shoes and two dress shirts or something. You know, nice suits, like, wow, like, you know, because they're selling them for a third. Somebody robbed them off a truck, but they had blenders in there. They had TVs. They had tables. They had everything. Everything was brand new. If it, you know, it was probably headed to Ikea or something like that. Who the fuck knows? Wow. They had buildings in New York. When I was growing up, they'd pull up. But there were guys in the neighborhood that you knew had a job at APA Trucking or one of those things, one of those trucking firms, and they get shit every fucking Thursday. They get shit every fucking Thursday when like a big sh When I was a kid, fucking the trains would move Honda Mini Trails. Honda Mini Trails were the best motorcycle you could buy for a kid who didn't have balls. It was 50cc, <laughs> it was 50cc and it was automatic. I had one. I bought one for reals. My mother bought me one for reals. And then we found out that you could steal them off the train that came through the Erie Lackawanna. And you would go down there and somebody would jump on the train, break the seal, take the shit off, throw it into the weeds, and then somebody would have to come back with a truck. Because in those days, you put those together. They didn't come built. The tires were on. The bottom was on. But you had to put the seat on. You had to put the steering wheel on. You had to put all that shit on them. It's amazing, though. So we'd find out when they were coming in. And you'd take three or four of them, keep one, sell three of them. They were 200 retail. So that meant they were probably $85. Wasn't that like a big amount of profit for like some organized crime in New York? Because they could steal things off the docks and then resell them someplace? Yeah, that's it. It, it costs you nothing. It cost you nothing. You could sell it for whatever the fuck you want. Right. <laughs> you know, you could undercut everybody. Why do you think stealing cocaine in the 80s is so popular? Because I control the market. I just got 30 kilos that you're going to pay 44. I'm going to sell for 32. When was the last time anybody ever offered you to buy something that was stolen? Yeah. <laughs> as soon Yesterday. as I moved to California, it stopped. Really? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you moved there. Yeah, well, you stopped talking to the Boon Shakalaka. You <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I just bought. He had two uh, dildos the other day, and I'm like, "Wow, these are like brand new." Is Boom Shakalaka or the other guy? Boom, the, the guy the with homeless the lighters. Guy. No, no, no. Remember Boom Shakalaka? Yeah, but who's the guy with the lighters? Uh, that's uh, you got another crazy name. Yeah, fuck. God he's damn. Is he still around? Yeah, I just saw him the other day. No, he's not. Yeah, still he around. hangs out at the Rainbow now, but. And uh, Mel's. But, but Boonshock like, had this dildo, and I'm like, wow, this looks like brand new. And I'm like, but it's not. Why am I touching it? What the fuck? <laughs> Do you remember that Kennison talked about the Roxy way back, or the Rainbow, way back in his fucking HBO special? Oh, yeah. That's how crazy the Rainbow's been. Did you see the Sunset Strip movie I told you about? Did no. I tell you about this? No. Sunset what? Strip just came out on Showtime On Demand. I think you could also get it on iTunes. It's a documentary about Sunset Strip starting from the beginning all the way through the mafia, all the way through Ciro's. It goes Whoa. through into all this shit about the, uh, the the hooker houses that were everywhere. I had no idea about, like, there was, like, pros uh, whatever, like, houses that rich people would go to and just had tons of hookers in it. And uh, you, 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 you go, it talks about everything, and you go buy it. And you're just like buy, going by these buildings that you go by every day. And you're like, holy shit, that was the hooker house. Then, okay, yeah, it came out in, in 2012. It got mad reviews, man. Oh, it's got amazing people in it. It's got an amazing uh, review online. It says a documentary on the famous Los Angeles street. Wow, yeah. So, yeah, it's got five stars or four stars here. Yeah, I'm getting that shit tonight. Is it available on uh, iTunes? Yep. It's uh, really well done. There's a lot of people in it. And... Uh, if there is a place in in like 
the world that I've ever been to that I feel like is haunted with the memories of the past. Not necessarily haunted, but haunted with the, the memories of the past. It's that area. Yeah. They talk about that a lot. The haunted aspect yeah, of it? Yeah, and they talk about how it used to be like poppy, not poppy fields, like something weird. Here, here's actually Before it was Ciro's? Yeah. Sunset Boulevard, famous boulevard, glorified in movie, wow, song, Ciro's. and story. Where are you walking? I'm seeing you And they walking. go through a lot of comedy. Wow. From Doheny to Crescent Heights, there's a lot of ghosts. I believe in sacred places, and I believe that this is. It's a sacred place. That strip is like where you leave and where you come back. This is where it all started, you know. The feeling is still there. It's a very, yeah, you can almost taste it. It was about titillation and sex. Hollywood itself is a magnet. It has great feminine appeal, sexual appeal. And the strip is kind of the personification of that. Your dreams can start out there and your dream will end there, you know, if you don't watch your shit. You will die that night. And it will be because He's of too talking weird. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he was talking to that other guy and it was just a weird combo. Who was the other guy? Uh, Johnny Depp? No, I think it's that guy that's also a comic. Uh, God damn, this looks amazing. I'm just Could not have happened. Any place else. And don't you ever forget it, you fuckers. It was so alive. Honestly, I mean, you, it was so Chateau Marmont. Kids. Viper Room. Nobody would ever come by and be like, you guys can't do that here. Are you crazy? It seems like this is a place where people sort of come for refuge. Sunset Strip is a civilization for the brokenhearted, the mistreated, the overlooked, the underloved, and the doomed. If you're gonna die, you might as well die here. Die in front of all of us. Why is that guy make a bomb? We'll write songs. I think about it's like it. the mayor of Sunset Strip or something weird like that. But why is he? I don't know. Okay. Wow. That looks <laughs> but, badass, yeah, though. That looks really badass. good. I just realized how fortunate I am to have been able to perform there. <laughs> like it just hit me like Jesus. You think I you'd never... go back? I go to Laugh Factory from time to time. Would you go back to the store? No. Never. No. But if I guys, if you guys. Came with me. <laughs> no. What the fuck would that do? I'm just kidding. What are you? Do you are you a Ghostbuster? Yeah. I call a Dom show on Tuesday. <clears throat> yeah, Dom show on Tuesday is great. Well, he does his, uh, he like has a fun thing he does. It's not just stand up. He fucks around with the crowd a lot. You know. He tortures them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He lets he people. Well, he's great at that. You know, and he does his podcast from there too. Sometimes. You know, I did the podcast. I did it once with Jamie Masada. Once. Once I gotta call him. I gotta do it. <laughs> God, so if you you guys went back to the comedy store, like seriously, that would be one of the most amazing things ever. Just it's just like having like the Rogan Diaz Tuesday spot, uh, like in the main room, sold out every week. And it's not happening. It'd be awesome. Yeah, but why would we do it there? We could do it at the Ice House tomorrow night. Boom! Oh. Joey Diaz is doing his podcast there, and then boom! I'm there with Eddie Ift and Brian Callen Sweet. tomorrow, 10 p.m. Ice be House there, Pasadena. Bitches. You see, That'd the difference is the the energy at the Ice House is all, like, there's a long history of it, and there's also what we bring there. And what spirits. we've been bringing there, there's plenty of spirits at the Ice House, son. It's just not negative. There's no murdered people. There's no, like, holes in the fucking basement covered in cement with dead people. Okay. That, But the, what people don't realize, we're not exaggerating. There was Ciro's nightclub. It was owned by Bugsy Siegel. I mean, Bugsy Siegel, I mean, that guy was a gangster. That guy had to have killed people. That's back when you could just kill people. Yeah. 
And that dirty, crazy street, that nutty energy that that place has, it only makes sense that people died there. The piano player, Jeff Scott, recently posted on his Facebook uh, the tunnel going uh, underneath <laughs> the street where they used to like take the bodies underneath to where it used to be to something Crest Hill. else. Yeah. To the house. Yeah. The house. Of, yeah, yeah. That was, well, I don't know if it's true, yeah. but that was the rumor always was that yeah. in the back of the main room, there was a doorway to a tunnel, and the tunnel led up the hill to Crest Hill where the mansion was because the property was sold together. Allegedly, but that's like one of those things, like fucking Ichabod Crane. Well, there is a tunnel, but there is, is there? Tunnel. Is that yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of you shit. Go down see there. it right now. If they have a tunnel, somebody died. That's all you need to know. They there's have a, a lot the, of shit down there. There's a room down there that goes this way, <laughs> yeah, and it cuts across, and they could keep going to different things. There's a lot of shit the down shooting, there. Shooting the shooting holes. Well, one of the uh, ideas in. Um, this questions everything show was to go uh, and spend the night at a haunted house, and I was thinking, there's no better place to stay basement than the comedy the, store. Basement of the comedy store, too. Yeah, that oh. would be terrifying. <laughs> that oh, be shit, scary. my pants. Carl, <laughs> Carl DeBeau used to tell a story on stage about how a time where, when he was young, we'll have him come in here and tell it someday. Um, when he was young, uh, he was staying at the store. And he's at the store, like his wife kicked him out or something like that. And, and he got, he was forced to stay at the store. So he was sleeping on the stage. He's like, this is, I'm, I'm here to make my dreams happen, man. I'm not letting some chick get in my way. So I'm just going to lie down here. And he said he was lying down. He told it on stage. It was like a Halloween show we had in the main room. It was fucking great. And he was like, and so I'm on stage. And I hear clink, clink, clink. Like there's chairs moving. It is pitch black. And I'm like, hey, hey, it's me, Carl. You know, I had, uh, had nowhere else to stay. Silence. This is when he was a doorman back then, you know, like right before Kennison had even made it. And he said he heard another clink, clink, like he heard another chair. And they said, and then out of nowhere, two hands grabbed his legs and dragged him to the edge of the stairs. Oh. And he said there was no one there. He said he didn't see anything. By the time he, he got up, he, he scrambled. The person, whatever it was, just disappeared. And he said he freaked out, ran out of there. It's a great story. It though. could have been easily been Boon Shakalaka. You know? <laughs> I saw Kennison there. <laughs> I saw Kennison there one night. Did you really? I saw Kennison there one night. You saw him perform there? No, I saw him by the belly room going up the stairs one night. What do you mean? You saw a ghost? You're, you're shaking your head yes. Did it come out of a pussy? No, I was sitting there watching. I was up next. Did you use your dick as an actress? I was up next to the other two, and I was standing by that thing there, and I kept seeing there's a light on the top of the belly room. There's a big red light, dog. And you stare watching the comic. And I had like two away, so it was that comic and one more before me. And I was watching, waiting, killing time, and I kept seeing something keep going past my eye. You see the light. How many days did you get awake? I I didn't do blow and go on stage. I did blow when I got off stage. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is this light? And finally I look up. You know how he wore that stupid long jacket? Yeah. It was like I saw the tail end of the jacket. I went upstairs. There was nobody up there, dog. I saw it. I saw it with my own two fucking eyes. I never felt nobody. I never got chased. Nobody pulled me. Dice has a story where he was upstairs and they heard them banging on the door. Uh, Crazy. Uh, Corey Cuomo has a story where she heard uh, music in the fucking main room, like old band music, like the Titanic-type music. Who, who was the older guy that was a, a veteran? Brett um, something right now? A lot of people heard different things. That, yeah. you know, I, didn't, I never got touched or pulled. I know that the original room has a weird energy. And you're right. The Sunset Strip does have something special. There's something there. There's something there. There's no something doubt about that, it. There's something that points at that comedy store. 
the, the big mistake they're going to do is they're going to knock that down and build something over it, and it's going to be like a carry movie. The hands are going to come out of the ground. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's the truth, guys. There's something there. Somebody committed suicide there. People gave their lives there. How many people died and didn't make it as comics? And I'm fucking sure it's haunted. Well, how about the guy who jumped off the roof? Sure, that yeah. fucking place is haunted. Remember they had the, uh, they had the yeah, strike? Yeah, sure it's haunted. That's you know, a... that building in Gardner, all those buildings. People on those buildings, bro. People that are straight, legit people say, this block is haunted on Gardner behind El Compadre. Yeah, no All those doubt. buildings there, they're haunted. How many people killed themselves in those buildings coming out here? Look at this fucking young kid that iced himself last week from a Disney show. 29 years old, he's on fucking Rizulian Isles. The oh fucking God. black kid, 29 years old with a shotgun. I go to do the podcast Ugh. with Lee. I go to make a right, and there's cops all over my fucking corner. He lived in that fucking building there. All right. What possesses people? He wasn't on drugs, that kid. I used to go down to uh, one hop window with that kid. What possesses people to do that shit? No, who knows? Gay. That's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Gay shame. You know, how many? Uh, uh, Judy Canciati's back. <laughs> She's at the Ha Ha Cafe. Why would Judy Canciati try to make a comeback? Don't say she's gonna sue you. I don't give yeah, a shit. She sued Don Barris. Oh, dude, I just saw her, her and Don Barris back, had a fight no, that lasted like thirty minutes. Yeah, it's hard. and yelling. These and people mm, come the out here and they mm. get crazy, man. And you know, I'm very happy. I was talking to a Graham Elwood called us, invite us to the podcast convention, and I go, Graham, do you know that me and you were the same manager in 2000? We're still here. Whether we're fucking rich or successful or we're on a TV show, we're still here. No car crashes. We have an OD'd. We're here. How fucking lucky are we, dog? Oh, we're very lucky to have gone through what we've gone through. At the store and having a great time in the comedy. That I just saw that I had goosebumps. I'm a fucking fat ex-felon from North Bergen, New Jersey. I was at the comedy store doing blow, developing, getting better, seeing the fucking world, walking to the store, walking from the union on Tuesday night to the store, yeah. and walking back to the Laugh Factory. Remember we used to walk to the Standard all the to time? To the Standard, eat, eat the blue cheese burgers. Yeah. Fucking delicious. Come that on This is incredible. I remember that Carnies. fucking idiot that sold the, the lighters. The first weekend. That's the guy, yeah. Yeah, the first Monkey weekend. Balls. Monkey balls. The first Monday I was ever here. I walked into the fucking comedy store, and Don Paris put me on stage. Thank God I knew Eddie Griffin. He put me on a Monday night. Don Paris still had the shorts on, still had the balloons on. Wow. And the next day, they told me to go to the Laugh Factory. That's where you went on Tuesdays. Yeah. And you stood online all day, and you did three minutes. And I stood online all day. Guess who was online with me all day? Monkey Balls. And he knew the whole... History of comedy in L.A., who you had to sign with, who was going to see you. I thought this guy was a master comic, and he went on stage, and he lost his voice. I never laughed so hard in all my <laughs> life. He went up there, and all of a sudden, all day he's talking, telling stories. Now he's like, me, 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 dying. That was monkey balls. Then he became a lighter salesman, and rings and wheels beat him. And yeah, he always had those lighters with titties in them. Brian Callen and Don Barris. Yeah, Brian Callen and Don Barris have this thing where... Don Barris pretends to bang Brian Callen in his booty hole. He gets his pants down and everything. And they, they have this thing. They act it out. And it's so realistic. He presses, he presses Callen's mouth against his cock. Yes. Like he makes it like he's pulling his cock out and jerks off on him and finishes it. And it's, it's made extra special by the fact that Don Barris, without wearing a costume, is doing this in a jumpsuit. He wears a tracksuit naturally. Like, it's not like he dressed up for this role where he could pull his cock out really easy. No, it's just it's a part of his thing. And on top of that, Don Barris is rumored to have a cock the size of your arm. It's huge. That's what I understand. 
That's the room. Every time he's been about to pull it out on stage, I get out of the room. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing, man. I mean, if you don't have a giant dick and another guy has a giant dick, you're like, whoa. Well, what the hell? I mean, you could always get rich. You know, <laughs> if you make enough money, you could buy a nice house, too. But if a guy's got a giant dick, he's got a giant dick. He's got a, uh, it was, I forget, it was like uh, a year ago or something like that. He had a boner for some reason. And he wanted to show a girl in the audience, and he was just like outlining it with his hand, like, look how big this is, honey. You know, like he's just like t- trying to like. It's like a 12 inch dick, right? <laughs> it's, it was huge. It's a giant fat dick. Yeah. It's not a skinny 12 inches either. Yeah. It's not like one of those white guys in the movies where it's long, but you're like, yeah, but it's like, it's tapered. The beginning, the end of it is like small. It's weird. You know, there's some long dicks that aren't impressive. Don Barris is a dick. It looks like a big German dick. <laughs> You know, like a big Austrian dick, yeah. which which you'd imagine some fucking hiker would have. Just Joey Diaz is done. Look at him. He's thinking about dicks. <laughs> <It's all laughs> shaking, he's shaking his head like, yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. I got a big dick too, cocksucker. I need this shit. Talk about hey, dumb so We don't. We don't dick. need this shit. If What's anybody needs this shit, listen. Is there any more tickets to you Wednesday night at uh, the Ice House? Yes, there are. Six two six five seven seven eighteen ninety. Whatever the fuck. It so is. Joey is at the Ice House. Eight thirty. Eight thirty. And then you come on at ten. Stick around, man. Do a spot. Do a Let's spot next happens. door. Let's see He's not happens. going to. He does no, not going to no, do no, two no. shows in a night. No, I'm not, I'm it's most man. likely I'm not happening. Home. I'm going to go home. And oh, Carlos Conduit tomorrow night. I got yes. Play yes. Tomorrow night. Mer- Martin home. Campman versus and, Carlos, and Carlos Conduit. And uh, Dos great Anjos fight. against Carl- Cowboy Cerrone. Yes. Yes. So there's yes. a great fucking card tomorrow night. Then we're going to Milwaukee. Yes. And we got a great show at the Paps. There's only 100 tickets left. Yes. It's going to rock. Last time we had six circles of people smoking reefer, bazookas, eating edibles. Somebody <laughs> made a trade. Black security was going to fucking take Rogan home. They were hugging him and shit. Oh, they were the nicest the people nicest ever. The nicest fucking people Those ever. Those girls, they took care of me. We made a video of yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to going to Milwaukee. Thank you for coming out. We're going to have a fucking blast, cocksuckers. We're going to have a great time. But I'm this going to Gotham. On Friday the 13th, Joe Rogan, so you're going to have to open Don't think that we don't appreciate the fuck out of you guys. That's right, we do. You know, we we talk about it all the time. We know that we're incredibly lucky and that we're we're in this weird situation where we have, like, the the nicest, I don't even want to call them fans, the people that come out to these shows, they're the the nicest people, period, just humans. Family. They're they're just, it's in the, the atmosphere is just cool as fuck. After the shows, there's a few people get real nervous and their hands get sweaty, and that those they're strange. I love them. But for I the most, them. I don't give a fuck. Come on down. We just put the odor in on. Don't be hugging me with a fucking stink bomb under your shirt. How, how many times though, when you take pictures of dudes, they're just completely sweaty? I'm oh, sweaty too, so I don't give. And I tell them they when women touch me, I get all you. nervous. I tell them please don't touch me because I'm sweaty, and they don't give a fuck. So fuck. They want to touch you, and you go home and take the shirt off and put it on the couch. The next day, just take a whiff of it. <laughs> it smells like fucking the chick with the ghost in the snatch. That's yeah. This is the the chicks that took care of us last time. Look at this. This is gonna be bossing. Milwaukee don't fucking sleep on it. They kept the line going. They kept everybody in line because we've been come after shows. We'll meet people, and we we've been doing it for forever. Like I don't know, man. I don't know how it started. How it started where we just hang around after shows, but it was a long ass time ago. It don't matter. We just decided come and we hang out afterwards. That's all. It makes. Well, you know what we decided, and we even talked about it. We decided that. It's uh, even if we want to leave, like it's is way better for them if they get to hang out and take a picture with us and get to meet us. It's a better experience, you know. So that's like it's part of the experience. Is uh, they they go to the show, they have a good time, and then you know afterwards we'll hang around with them and and talk to them and take photos with them. And it's so it's not just you know you're not just we're not just doing a comedy show and then getting the fuck out of there. 
Like, uh, we appreciate you guys coming as well. And then when I walk into the UFC, people start yelling, <laughs> Diaz! And you're like, hi. You're like, no, 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 no. Come on, you motherfucker. Those people at the UFC are crazy. Are and crazy? sometimes I have to leave. Like, I do interviews afterwards, and they're screaming, stay! And like, I can't. I got to go. They're going to fucking drag me out of here. They'll they'll keep you there forever. They bribe the security and let them get up front. Oh, no, it's great, man. I love every fucking minute of it. I really do. I like well, that's the, the UFC, me. too. They give it a lot of access yeah, to no, fans. That's, that's with those fan expos and Listen. Q&As. Hey, man, yeah. it's the way it's supposed to be. It is I'm the way really it's supposed happy. to be. And, and now other leagues are learning from Dana White. That's what you got to do to be successful. People want the full experience. People will pay to get fucking armbarred by Chuck Liddell. <laughs> and you know what? So would I. So yeah. Would I. Oh, yeah. Who if you're a fan. Would? If you're yeah. a fan, who, you go to the fan expo, learn how to roll. I don't care whether you're a white belt or brown, but they're not going to kill you. They're gonna, you're going to get one great thing out of it in the picture. Yeah. In the memory for life. I can never do that. You know, I went to Jul- I went to like uh, Willis Reed's basketball camp. There was no pictures then. You didn't take a picture yeah. with nobody. You went, it was all from memory. He signed the T-shirt. Big fucking deal. Carlos Condit had a great video of him uh, sparring with guys, like uh, rolling with guys. He went to uh, like uh, an uh, army base. Yeah, Richie Rich Frank has done it too. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. go and Benson they'll roll Henderson, with people. Yeah, Benson yeah. Henderson's done it a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, Henry Gracie did it too. They go and they'll go to a base. Ooh, and they'll that's roll right. With Frank Mir against Babyface Assassin. Who else oh, is on this card? Uh, is we that got Milwaukee? A, yeah, yeah, we got a great card. We got my it's man, Benson motherfucking Anderson. Clay Guida. Against uh, who the fuck is? Oh, ooh, the Spanish kid, the one that lost to Aldo in Brazil. He's part of Team Alpha Male. Dwayne uh, Bang, Bang trains him. Um, which one? Little, Hold on, little I'll find kid, out. little kid, little kid. He lost to Jose Aldo, the knee to the face. Oh, Chad Mendes. Chad Mendes is fighting. Oh, so Clay, Clay Guida's fighting forty-five. Yeah, he's fighting Chad Mendes. Yeah, baby. Yeah, wow. baby. We got some good fucking fights this week. Yeah, I'll read the card off to you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Give me the undercard, baby. I don't know what the Okay, here we got. Oh, Hit Jesus. Me. We got a lot of shit. Hit me. Hit Brandon Vera versus Ben Rothwell. God damn! Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, we got That's a, a crazy yeah, fight, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Eric Koch versus Dustin Poirier. There you go. There God you go. God damn. Barnett versus Mir. Clay Guida versus Chad Mendez. Jamie Varner versus Glayson Tebow. Oh. oh, shit. This is a great fucking card. a great card. fucking card. And man. then, of course, the, the title fight. Benson Henderson versus Anthony Pettis. That is fucking nuts, Duke Rufus man. will be there Friday jumping up and down and shit, throwing sidekicks for Jesus. That's an amazing fight, man. Henderson yeah, yeah, versus yeah, Anthony Pettis fight, is going to be fucking insanity. You know, Pettis has a 56% KO rate. 56%. That motherfucker's a beast. I forgot he fucked up Joe Lozon. Jesus yeah, Christ, dude, man. with a head kick. How about Donald kick. Cerrone? He fucked him up yeah, with a body fuck, kick. Yeah, no, no, no. It's He's a, his left leg is nasty, man. He's a great. bad motherfucker. He, remember when he hit Cerrone with that crazy knee, too? The Showtime knee? He bounces off the cage and, and pops his knee through a, a small opening and catches him in the face. That kid's wild, oh, man. He's wild. And so is Henderson. Henderson's a fucking beast. He's only gotten better since he won the title. It's only gotten better since he lost the title to Pettis. He's, it's an he's amazing confident. fight. He's a different fighter than when he lost to Pettis, bro. Yeah, this is going to be he's an amazing fight, This is going to be a great weekend. This is going to be I'm amazing. excited. Yeah, this is it's a sick, sick card, sick excited, weekend. You know, so we'll see you guys at the Paps Theater, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at the Ice House. And also tomorrow, around. we're gonna have a podcast here with the one and only Everlast. And Everlast uh, has released a new. Um, he released a, a new acoustic only cd and he got the idea from doing it from performing on podcasts from getting on our podcast and and doing it for the first time performing you know acoustic like that and getting this massive reaction so all all the love is it, what inspired him 
Yeah. So he, he actually pulled me last time he was here. He pulled me into the car and goes, "Brian, I need something to tell you something." And he showed me because supposedly, I, I hope it's still on there. But he said uh, we talked about. I said that you should do like a. How, that one song, jump, jump up and get uh-huh. down. You should do an acoustic version of that. He's like, no, I hate those songs. But he's like, he played it for me in his car, and he's like, how is this? And he, I was like, what the? Fuck? It oh, was so awesome. he did it. Are you allowed to say that? You breaking? I mean, it's out now, right? Any laws? No, I think it is out. Okay. I think it's out right now. I think it, it came out uh, today. I think it, it's out Tuesday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. He's. I. Th- I like him acoustically uh, even better than House Pain. Me too. And I think House of Pain's amazing. What is that song, uh, Little Miss America, or yeah, that one song they had? America. God damn, that's a good fucking song. And ever since what it's like, like people like uh, caught his 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 acoustic shit is like way deeper. It's way more emotional and touching. Jump Around's always going to be like an anthem. It's always going to be like a cool but song acoustic, to hear. acoustic, it's awesome. Or the, one he, the version he played it for me. Can I pump my uh, dates? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be uh, with Tony Hinchcliffe uh, September 26th at Stand Up Live at Phoenix, Arizona. And the following day, I'm going to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, at Woodland's Backyard with Tom Segura, Christina Pajitsky, and Tony and me. All right. We'll see you, Dirty Freaks, tomorrow. And uh, may Odin bless you all. We love the shit out of you. See you soon. Sponsors, they can go fuck themselves. They know who they are. <laughs> Listen, stamps.com, enter in the code word JRE, go to onit.com, use the code word Rogan, uh, audible.com forward slash Joe. We love the fuck out of you guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs>